This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And this is Jacob Ross with Longley Fertilia, and you are listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast, which is part of the Herpeticulture Network. Enjoy. Hello, Condros. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I would have been here early, but um, yeah. Dude, bridge. I got that text earlier because it happened earlier today, too. They were like, the bridge is broken. And I was like, because oh, you know everyone and their mom is now going over the McTeer Bridge. And yeah. so traffic is going to be like, you're going to be stuck no matter what. Like traffic is going to suck. Doesn't matter if you go the long way or if you try to just sit there and wait for the bridge. Thankfully, the cigar shop is right down the, the street from the bridge by like what? Eight blocks. Yeah. So typically if the bridge opens and I'm, I'm stuck on Carteret where the, the street that, the, that leads to the bridge, I'll just whip around and go to the cigar shop and just sit and wait. Yeah, dude. And crap. then I had to bust through and everybody was, fucking bailing on the oh, yeah. downtown yeah. bridge so i had to maneuver through downtown and like you said getting over the mcdeer was a pain in of itself but i was doing like 75 miles an hour over the bridge it's like i'm gonna get there i'm coming i'm coming 200 <sighs> yeah 200 buddy yeah that's hard to believe honestly Oh, here we are. Here we are. Who would have thunk? I was just going over sort of some updates, talking about the condor that I got from Olsen. That thing's freaking sweet, man. It's, it's pretty cool. Need to get it eating. Yeah. That chicken didn't work? No. 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 Um, surprisingly, and I think Justin had tried chick down with them initially. And so I thought maybe with the down with the chick that you had given me, maybe the scent was a little different. Maybe it might be a little more enticing. Who knows? Yeah. Um, no response, so I'm just going to continue. I bet you a quail would work pretty good. So you know what's interesting, because I also have the rhino babies that are also not eating. They haven't moved over to pinkies or anything yet. Mm. Uh, our buddy Kevin Barron said he had got one in, a rhino in, that, that was not eating on its own. Uh, it wasn't switched over yet. And he took, because he's a leopard gecko breeder, he took some shed leopard gecko shed and wrapped a pinky in it and he said it worked like a million bucks like the the rhinos hmm. you know converted over easy i tried it last night and of the five babies i had one that grabbed and started to eat but it was too big of a pinky it got no. about, it got about a third of the way there and then it just bailed, just bailed. it did that twice because i i picked it back up and and tried it again and it grabbed it and started eating and then it got to that same point it was like nope bailed and so i was like damn it the other four wanted nothing to do with it but hmm. the other issue is because i don't have any day olds right now i got some of the the frozen pinkies from PetSmart, and those things were like falling apart like literally really yeah. i didn't have because i had to disgusting. i had to buy some while i was because i ordered extra smalls from a company and they showed up extra large um so that was fucking awesome so i had to order them on opposites day yeah right um so i had to go through PetSmart for a little while to feed my hatchling rat snakes and they were fine they didn't do anything weird yeah i don't know man these ones just like were like disintegrating as i was 
that's dude, holding that's them the on the tongs. Oh, the worst, so man. irritating. Did you want to know the nastiest pink I've ever got? Uh, you remember good old Roy's Aquarium? Oh yeah. Yeah, I made the mistake one time. It was when I had my first snake. I bought one first thawed pinky from there to feed my little corn snake, and um, yeah, that pinky stretched out to about that long. It was just that bleh. guy. So that guy was a really horrible pet shop oh, we had God, here that was, was open when my terrible. dad was a kid in the sixties. Yeah, and the same. same. My, owner my, my and mom, my mom remembers going there when she was a kid. Not much changed from the sixties until no. like what? 10 years ago or so when he closed up not by choice but because yeah. people there was enough complaints filed on him about animal neglect that they finally went in there and looked around and said yeah this is really bad uh it was horrible yeah I, it I, was uh disgusting yeah and uh he would be the type that it would not surprise me one bit if he took like dead pinkies from a bin and froze them and then sold them as feeders right um he just that place was a nightmare it was it was disgusting and they smoked cigarettes in there Dude, so was, like you walked oh, in God. and it smelled like pet store and cigarettes and there was like three of them it was like him his son and his daughter-in-law and they all smoked and so you had like three people in there smoking in this probably asbestos filled pet <laughs> pet store Dude, it was like, like freaking, oh. it was cigarette smoke mixed with colubrid shit and pneumo- ammonia, yeah. like all just mixed It was a respiratory one. infection, like for anything. Yeah. That, Any living that, yeah, creature. Didn't matter if it was human or mammalian. Or I mean, he had, he had everything in there from, he had a ass load of fish, you know, from fish to birds. They had a whole back room full See, of See, I don't know enough about fish, but I mean, his tanks and fish looked pretty legit yeah because he was more of an aquarium than anything else like, like he, he I'd dealt walk with back more there and fish he was keeping anything. like a guy on a red tail bow and a red foot together in the same cage because oh, he yeah. didn't have anywhere else to put it and he just like beardies with with mbd and all kinds of like issues like it was it was rough man like i was kind of amazed that he wouldn't put out earlier um because the conditions were yeah i can't believe he lasted as long as he did and then half the time you'd uh, walk in there and he wouldn't even wear a shirt yeah oh dude that, that was his son like, his son no, was, it, oh, it was shirtless. both of them oh both of them there's oh, times God. i'd walk in there and he'd just be shirtless you could tell he just woke up and his hair was all crazy and stuff yeah like, yeah what do you want they gave zero okay. shits they really did zero it was crazy but yeah not an issue anymore because they're not here now we just have pet smart so. yeah so I wish do you, do you wish we had a Petco? Uh, I kind of like Petco more than I, I like, like Petsmart. I do like Petco more than I like PetSmart. I kind of avoid both of them. It's a you know because I don't even like getting bedding from those places, man. Because I've gotten mites in bedding before, and I just like I don't. I get all my bedding from Lowe's or Tractor Supply now, so I don't even fuck with any of it. So, I mean, but yeah, if I wanted like the occasional exoterror or something, it would be nice to have a Petco here because PetSmart's changing all their shit and. Yeah, they're all going with like in-house brand yeah. stuff. Yeah. Cheap, some of those setups stuff. though are kind of cool. They got some like the neat yeah. shapes, like the corner corner exo type deals. Yeah, I had stuff. the I went in the I went in there to get my dog food the other day and um obviously I always stop by the reptile section and see what they got new for like tanks and stuff and they got some pretty cool ones now. They actually sell a four foot cage now, which was weird. Do they? I haven't even seen yeah, that. Yeah, it's like a four by eighteen by eighteen. Because I don't Something use tanks like really at all anymore. No, I, I don't use really glass anything. Stop and look at them, but 
Yeah. What's up, Brent? Big Brent? Um, so updates again, Condros. That hypo, that second hypo clutch has yet to hatch, and I'm starting to wonder if it's going to at all. The brittle or not the brittles, the um corns. bears. No, oh corns. That second that yeah. second clutch I got from that that blood red pie to that uh, ghost test. Still is yet to hatch. We're on day like I think we're close to 80 now. All the eggs look perfect. There's a ton of condensation on the lid, like things are breathing, all that stuff. Uh, they just have not hatched yet, and I don't know what's going on. Honestly, if that clutch does not hatch, I'm not going to be that upset about it because <laughs> I've got so many babies right now. It's ridiculous. Um, I don't know what's going on yeah. with that. But uh, I had some snakes come in from Joe Peck over the week. Those are nice, man. He had a handful of castani stuff. And he's like, hey, you like apricot? Just ultra milk castagna, and I was like, Yeah, yeah, it's like you like het apricot castagnas, like, yeah. yeah, you like German line castagnas, like, yeah. He's like, What about this ultra male male I have that's just nice looking? I was like, Okay, so I'm sending him some bairds. He sent me that group of four, um, all the castagna stuff, man. Nice. And uh, by the way, this is not, this is very clearly the superior team. We don't speak of the so Bears. The G stands for gross. <laughs> At least we're not 0 and 3, about to be 0 and 4. Um, no, as far as betting, I use, so from Tractor Supply, I get pine shavings. And then from, I'm actually starting to switch everything over into Cypress mulch because um, I've been having some problems with dry sheds. So I want to be able to wet them down a little bit. And I also like had this weird, like come to Jesus moment when it comes to like rain. And I was like, these things experience rain, like pretty frequently, especially the stuff I work with, you know, it's all mostly Southeastern stuff. So I'm like, these things are getting rained on. Yeah. Florida. Like they're getting rained on all the time. And so I kind of like had this thought of like, what if I just like started soaking them down every now and then just to, you know, emulate some rain, you know, obviously it's not going to be as serious. So I'm trying to switch everything over to, uh, Cypress. That way I can just give it a good spray down every now and then. And I'm actually liking it a lot. It's, uh, it's yeah. not too bad. Yeah. I haven't used it in a long time. I use it mostly for like, well, I take that back. I have some in the Rhino setups and, and stuff like that. Um, it is a good bedding and it's nice. Like when it's, when it's, wet and it's humid it's good for that and then when it's dry it's good you know yeah and i so you can kind of the humidity part of it and and getting it too wet has kind of always been the thing that sort of makes me a little more nervous especially if ventilation's not great yeah and that's why i've got i've got major ventilation and everything so i don't really worry about it and i never like obviously i spray down and soak the top but with all the ventilation i've got like it never stays that wet in there and I actually dry it all out completely first. So I've got a big, big tub that I just opened the bag because when you buy it, it's wet. It's it's wet as all get out. So I dumped the entire bag in uh, this really big tub and I let it sit there and dry for a couple of days. And then now I'll, I'll scrape off the scrape off the top and use that. Scrape and off the crust. Let it let it dry the next layer and wash, rinse, repeat, you know, so. um, on that front. Have you noticed a difference in the Cypress 
over like the pine or aspen with water bowls drying out faster because hmm. it seems yeah. to me like with the aspen and the pine it just zaps humidity um i don't know it might it, it might you know especially it might last a little longer i'm on such a schedule with my water changes that like nothing nothing gets dry unless they spill it you know if well, this they spill is, it then that's one thing this is but. like i'm doing water changes and then we're talking like within four days bone dry oh no like I've really bizarre like i'm like i just filled this i don't understand like the only thing yeah. i can think of is it's just that it's that bedding that's just no i've i've never had that because i pretty much you know i try and do everything once a week at the least you know every five days whatever um but everything gets a water change once a week and um no it's never dry unless they spill it and i've been using that pine bedding for quite some time now um and i've never had that what's that had that issue you're using pine <laughs> yeah thanks you to you monster and, thanks to you and chris montross okay i so. hate i hate it though man because it sticks to everything granted i dry my rodents really well but that Especially those fine if you get the fine pieces, fine like if you get a bag of the really fine stuff oh yeah, my it's god a, it's dude. an absolute even if nightmare. i dry it out like it doesn't stick to the yeah. rodents but it's so easy for them just to get their lip under it a little bit and then grab a piece and like i know like they can digest that shit like probably very easily. Like it's not that big of an issue, but it just my OCD brain hates it. I hate it so freaking much. I hate it because you I know? have stuff that grabs the grabs the mouse and then just drags it yeah, through right. all of it to the back of the tub. And I'm like, well, I dry my rodents like extensively. I like try to. I mean, I guess I don't do as good of a job of it as you do, but it's like clockwork. I have a couple that just grab it and they're like, oh. Let me drag it all the way to the back of the tub and get it covered. Yeah. And I'm like, whatever, man. And I think like if it's a bigger meal, especially as they eat, like their mouth gets under it and sort of it just and that's what I mean. Off. Like it just yeah. gets under it a little bit and just you get ever so little pieces and I don't know. But it is a pain. That was another reason I switched to Cypress because Cypress are, you know, all the mulch pieces are like that. Are you getting the blend big. or are you getting like the 100%? Cypress? 100% Cypress. Yeah. Where are you getting that from? Lowe's. Lowe's has 100%? I, at least I think so. It's not, I don't think it's a blend. Oh. Um, But it's in that bag. I thought you used to get it. Yeah, if it's the purple label stuff, that is a it is a blend. I mean, it still works. It's whatever. But oh, the, I mean, I um, think I think the one I get is like a green label. I don't know. That might be then. Um, but I've noticed with the with the hundred percent cypress, it's it's a much finer shred. Yeah, and I'm it look, is I'm, a little I more fibrous. It might be that one you got right there. I don't yeah, know. that's the that's the blend. Uh, I don't know, but, but it's still that stuff works great too. I yeah, it's a thick there. it's a thick piece for the most part, mm -hmm. you know. And I started putting my pits on it, you know, because I the biggest reason I had it was because for whatever reason. And it only happens on my pits. A lot of my rat snakes, like they would shed in pieces. There, you know, there would be a bunch of like pieces. They would shed everything off. You know, there would be nothing stuck. So it was whatever. But my pits, like always, it always looked like they had just like a piece of an eye cap. It wasn't like a whole eye cap. There was like this little triangle at the top of their eye, and it would happen like every other yep. shed. So I'm like, what the hell? Like I never, and I could never get it off. No matter what I did, because I used we both have those little money counter things for your thumbs. 
And um, that stuff works great for eye caps, stuck shed, you know, all that stuff. It works absolutely great. But when it's that little tiny piece, yeah. I couldn't, I could never get them off. And um, so I just started doing, I started doing cypress mulch. Like today, one of my northerns is in shed. So I just, you know, just wet that thing down, you know, and I'm going to do it. The blacks were doing it. The northerns were doing it. The mm -hmm. claybergs were doing it. And I talked to Chris and he's like, yeah, dude, I, I get the same thing, you know, paint jab. Um, he's like, the same thing happens to me, you know. He's like, it's too humid here for a damn, um, like a humid hide. Yeah. For any, it's too humid for, you know, desert dwelling species, but fuck our local stuff, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, I don't get it. So, but yeah, I just think the radiant heater in my room dries everything out a little too yeah. much. Um, so I just, I let it rock. So I'm trying this, trying the Cypress so far. So good. Um, the only thing I don't like, it's a little harder to clean like the, the fine pine clumps are really, really well, yeah. um, with the Cypress, not nearly not as so much. much. Um, I also tried pine bark. That was the worst decision I ever fucking did. Why? Uh, because if they, I had, so I tried it on some quarantine stuff just to give it a shot. And, um, Anytime they would spill their water, it didn't absorb at all. Yeah, it it's went like straight to the it's, bottom. Yeah. And I had to like, you know, I would pick up the wet stuff and then I had to like lean the tub to have all the water come to a corner, dry it up. And it was, dude, it was a nightmare. I think it would work better. Like I know Montrose mixes that with, um, uh, peat. yeah, peat moss. And that makes it a little bit more, you know, dirty Bearable. and more absorbent. <laughs> so like that, I, that I would get, um, you know, but I think what I'm going to do going forward, especially with like natural, naturalistic looks, I'm going to mix peat moss with cypress instead of the bark. I just, I've like never cypress. used pine bark. I've never used like the crushed walnut stuff either. I think I, I may have used the crushed walnut for like some scorpions at one point. I've never point, used crushed walnut. Uh, the bark was a fan a, of it. The bark, I've just never cared for the look of it. I do like the look of it. I think it looks good, um, but it's it's garbage. So, not using that again. Cypress all the way. Have we even talked about using pine? Yeah, we've touched on it. You know, it, it's been brought up. That's kind of... For some reason... I feel like it's old news at this point. It's been... Like, the the the, the Facebook Karens and such... If you mention in the cornsnake groups that you keep on pine, they will lose their minds. Because <laughs> I was one of those people who was always like, oh, uh, you know, don't use pine. Pine's, pine's gnarly. Don't use it. Yeah. But then when we had the Nerodia article in the magazine that Chris Montross wrote, and I was like, he mentioned that he was keeping them on pine. I remember messaging him being like, <laughs> yeah, you told me about that. You mean pine, right? Like that wasn't a typo autocorrect or something. He's like, no. I was like, you're sure? I was like, yeah, dude, I've been using it for like 10 years. Yeah, dude. I was like, okay. And so then I've, I've actually been using it. I don't, I kind of, I did recent cleans, like full cleans, full bedding changes and stuff lately. Um, and I just been getting like the cheaper, smaller bags from Walmart of Aspen because I actually mm -hmm. like that, that Aspen a lot. Yeah, it, it, uh, it's cut really well. The only thing I don't like about the pine is the cut. Like it's too, it's just it's not the same. Fine. It depends. Like they're clearly getting, so like tractor supply pine, um, 
they're clearly getting it from different vendors because I've noticed with because that's what I use for the the mice and rodents and stuff. Um, sometimes when a pallet comes in, it'll be like the best cut you could ask for. It's like not too big, it's not too fine, it's it's just the perfect consistency and like yeah. what you want. And then um, there's sometimes where it's like it's practically dust and it's like. For snakes, it sucks. Yeah. For the rodents, I don't think they really care. They're like, whatever, dude. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've I've been using Tractor Supply Pine for a good bit of my stuff now for probably two ish years. Yeah, you've been using it quite a while. And I was I very, just started using I it. was very skeptical at first, and I kept a close eye on things because I I didn't transfer everything over to it immediately. Um. But I kept an eye out because I was wondering. I was like, okay, when am I going to start seeing issues? Like, when am I going to have problems? When am I gonna <laughs> that's, notice that's something? That's why before I did it, I let you, like, kind of be yeah, the guinea pig. <laughs> Canary in the coal mine. I'm, I'm going to see if he has any issues before I do this. Uh, and uh, But then I heard more and more people yeah. doing it, like, pressing like press converse. Pine using freaks. Yeah. No <laughs> yeah, pressing converse uses it for everything, man. He's a really good buddy of mine. I respect how he keeps a lot. Um, I absolutely love that. Love that dude. Um, and he was like, cause I told him, he was like, so what are you using for bedding? And, you know, cause we were, we did a trip to Florida and I picked him up in Jacksonville and, um, I was like, you know, I use Aspen. He just kind of like looked at me and Preston's one of those guys. And this is what I love about him. He's very like willing to tell you what he thinks. And he gave me this look like you fucking idiot. And he was, he just looks at me and goes, why? And I was like, I don't know. It's because it's available. It's there, you know, it's semi affordable. He's like, why aren't you using pine? And I was like, I don't know how I feel about it. He's like, dude, I use it for anything and everything. Like, it's there's no issues. And then you agreed. You're like, no issues whatsoever. So I was like, fuck it. Yeah, I haven't either, you know. And I haven't had a single issue. I'll continue. No respiratory issues. No, no skin issues. I, I've got it, it on everything. The same as using Aspen. I've had no problems. Yeah, I, I've used it on. I've got it on hogs right now. I've got it on pits. I've got it on water snakes. You know, is it my first choice? Ideally, I prefer Aspen or probably Cypress. I still prefer Aspen personally, but for the price, it keeps going up. Yeah, it's, it's the thing Aspen's for the price. It's man. it's you can't really beat it. And the only and that's the thing. The only thing I don't like about pine it, or the pine that we can get is the the fineness. the The kind yeah, the kind we get my, is my super super fine. I don't like it. It's really dirty. Um, but then it's one extreme or the other. You either get right. the chunks that are that fucking big yeah, or the, the stuff flakes. that's like. I don't even know. I don't. It seems tiny. like they don't even sell the flakes that much because I'll see the same pallet yeah. of flake for three weeks. In the same time, they'll have three different pallets of, of the finer stuff come and gone. Yeah. I don't know who's using it, but. That's yeah. why. And again, you know, it's all about preference. That's why I'm really switching everything over horse to Cypress. Yeah, horse people use. That's, that's what it's for, you know. But that's why I'm slowly switching everything to Cypress. Um, I just prefer the cut better, you know. I'll probably continue. It's comparable too. Oh yeah, it's dude for that giant bag. It's like four bucks. Yeah. You know, it's nothing, man. It's super cheap. Um, so I'm slowly switching everything over. I'll probably continue you to use pine for the water snakes and the hog noses, um, just because like Cypress will kind of stay damp. 
and you know it holds moisture much yeah longer much than, longer than or, or pine will. with nerodia that can be kind of detrimental you don't want them to stay humid you want to give them a water feature you know they, they need a big water dish but their environment can't be humid um so because they're just disgusting snakes and they will yeah. harbor back bacteria really really easily um so I, i'll probably continue using them hog noses i mean they don't really give a shit so um well, i think the the whole like thing with pine and why everyone has thought it was it was so bad for so long is like that's because i think back in the day like talking i guess 80s 70s maybe early 90s to uh, you know maybe even mid to late 90s who knows uh the kiln drying process was not the same. And so you were getting like raw pine that still was covered in sap and still very like caustic and, and problematic yeah. and stuff. Um, again, like I was really hesitant to switch for a while. And then after I did, and I noticed, cause I, I did it with a couple snakes. Like I said, I didn't do everything at once and I kept a really close eye on it cause I was nervous about it, but I haven't had any issues. So i I guess the reason I'm bringing that up is because I'm, you know, people keep thinking pine is like this, this horrible thing. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's not, you know, and it's probably, it's it not. stems from, you know, back in the day when it was a bad product, you know, people tried it, saw it killed their snakes or gave them all eyes or whatever. And they were like, fuck this. Like it's done. Never use this. It's trash, you know, but the refining process they blame has changed the pine a lot. Immediately and that may not have even been the issue. That's true. So it's it's fine, man. I have had zero issues with it. Like I said, I've literally had it on every single colubrid I keep, um, and not a single not a single problem. Yeah, and um, it's just a personal preference at this point. That's all you I've know, been keeping the it. corns and beards and stuff on. All the all the rat snakes basically are on pine. All the the rhinos and the green trees they're on either cypress or paper towel and that's the thing with cypress man like cypress also works that's what kind of like annoys me i feel like a lot of people only use cypress for humid enjoying things like cypress mm -hmm. dries really well yeah. it's not one of those things because there's some products that if it's dry it'll actually just suck in everything like the um the cocoa the cocoa husk mm -hmm. that stuff can actually dry animals out because it just sucks in yeah everything if you keep it damp you keep it moist like for something that needs you know higher humidity then it's fine you know like it won't be an issue but if you let it dry out it actually suck everything in but with cypress either yeah i haven't either i think no i think i did years and years ago um but it, i just it was kind of expensive um but with cypress it can work as a dry bedding or a wet bedding that's the thing and the yeah. biggest and my biggest thing is if the water bowls are spilled I don't worry about it as much on the pine. I don't like when water bowls are spilled. I really don't. It, I got to deal with it right then and there, you know, and obviously you should do that either way, but you know, with a uh, Cypress, I don't, I don't fucking worry well, about it. What I've done too, when, cause sometimes the, the usually almost always when you get Cypress from, from like home Depot or Lowe's or something, it's going to be wet. Yeah. So what I've done in the past is I've just taken like one of my empty, like 32 quart tubs or something, mm -hmm poured out like half the bag or however much filled that tub up and then taken the fan and just put it on top and leave it there for a day or two. And it'll be like completely dry. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially it. what I do. Yeah. I got one of those Instead of big... sitting and waiting. I just put the fan yeah. on it and that 
I got one of those big, like gray totes, you know, it's really tall and stuff. And I dump out the entire bag. It's, it just sits in my reptile room and the fans running on high 24 seven in there just for air circulation and all that. Um, so I just leave it sit in my reptile room and it dries out and no issues, man. I love, I love Cypress. The only thing about it is it's a little harder to clean. Like sometimes they'll shit and it's a little harder. It doesn't clump as well, but I mean, that's, I can deal with that. That's life. I can absolutely deal with that. No problem. Um, so yeah, everything's slowly switching over. And again, for me, it was mostly to be able to give that rain feel to actually spray them down with mm. water and, you know, be okay with that. Cause I'm not spraying down pine. I can tell you that right now. Um, so, so far so good. I, I really enjoy it and, uh, hasn't given me any problems. And, you know, that's, it's so funny. People think that like you need reptile specific Cypress, like people get the forest floor from, it's Pet the same damn same stuff that you get at Lowe's. I've never like you get it's it at Lowe's. I think times the cost per volume. My biggest thing about getting it from Lowe's, I was worried about bugs, and like there's nothing in that shit, dude. Like there's not well, a. Well, I know cedar problem. is naturally like. Oh, you can't do cedar. insect repellent, but I'm wondering. For some reason, I'm thinking cypress might be similar. Yeah, I don't know, but cedar. It, yeah, cedar's a no go. Yeah, sure. do not use cedar. Um, but Cypress, nah, it is not a problem. That there's even cedar available still because I don't, I don't know anybody in any pet realm outside of like horses and and livestock that would use cedar. I mean, you don't use, you use cedars only used for like landscape stuff. Um, a lot like for us. So this is getting a little personal, but in my line of work, we have to inspect stuff called rain gardens and um you have to to construct a rain garden you have to use a hardwood mulch on the top of the on the top layer and it has For so it has purpose? to be because it absorbs so pine actually floats so these okay. things are yep. these things are supposed to collect water mm -hmm. and help with ground infiltration so if you use pine products pine straw pine bark water comes in it fills up all that yeah. floats uh, cedar and cypress do not float. So it has to be a hardwood. Um, but we always recommend cedar. Well, except cypress, but we always recommend cedar because it, uh, doesn't attribute to the deforestation of cypress forests. Yeah, that is so one thing. So Katie's mentioned that thing. to me because she, you know, with her gardening and the flower beds and stuff, she's very against like using cypress mulch Yeah, because of that. Like, yeah, apparently exactly. it is becoming kind of a problem that, that cypress, forests are being taken down to for the sake of mulch right um so that's that's our biggest thing that's what i yeah. tell everybody as an inspector because i have to deal with rain gardens all the time but cedar smells like feet cedar see now they yeah. make cigar boxes are made out of cedar so to me have I you ever cedar. smelled fresh cedar mulch i haven't smelled fresh feet it smells like disgusting mm -hmm. feet like it is nasty. I did go to a rain I garden can see class. That. I had to go to a rain garden class and you know, we built this massive rain garden and it was what a nerd. completely made out. I, I had to. It was for work. Drum circle afterwards. It was for work. No. But yeah, dude, we whipped out all these bags of cedar. We're dumping it all over the place. And I was Jim like, oh my like God, feet. this is disgusting. Speaking of feet, you see what I found yesterday? Yeah, boy. I meant to message you about them. That was cool. That was, so yesterday was that was awesome story time. Okay, yesterday, yesterday was yesterday evening. I'll was say was an event. Was an event. I went back and uh, read all the messages. Oh, 
my God. So I got off work. I'm like, I don't got nothing going on tonight because we're recording tomorrow. I go home, get on my computer, work on some design stuff, clean some snakes. Like, it'll be nice. Nothing planned. Do my thing. But I was like, I need to go check on the rats on my way home. Uh, and I also had to pick up a piece of mail, which I will get into at the very end because it is just the, the icing on the cherry on top of the cake. I'm just saying all this is because of the full moon. There's a full that moon, actually moon now and everything's sense. going fucking crazy. The bridge going down, your rat's Everything. acting up, Everything. everything's going nuts. Everything's <laughs> going to shit. It's a full moon. <clears throat> Anyways. So, I get off work, I go check on rats, open the door, cool, everything, everything seems fine. I walk over, I look, there's a tub that's flooded. And I was like, oh. God damn it. Shit. And so at first I thought maybe the, the nozzle had come loose. Because sometimes if the nozzle comes loose and they can't get to the water, they'll, they'll find a way to chew on the tubing. Like it'll be resting on top and they'll get that little bit of it. I looked and every level of this rack, the tubing was chewed. What? Like into oblivion. Chewed. Completely. I got to replace the entire thing tomorrow. Like that's on my Was my every list. tub flooded? No. Just the second from the bottom one, which means that was the first one to get chewed on. Oh. So then I thought about it because when I cleaned rats last weekend, there was they had chewed a hole in one of the tubs. And so I when I changed them out, it wasn't a huge hole. So I was like, okay, they're all still accounted for. They just chewed it. Sometimes they'll I've noticed they, they chew a hole in the tub and then they just stick their heads out and they just watch you and stuff. Not that I left the hole there. Like I replaced the tub and everything and, and ditched it. Um, but I, I saw this hole. And so I, I was like, okay, everyone's accounted for because there were still like five or so rats in there. No big deal. A couple of youngsters. Uh, but then when I was cleaning, I saw like a flash of white go behind the racks. <laughs> but at the time, I was like, I'm, I'm seeing things. Like that wasn't, I don't, that wasn't what I think it was. Like there wasn't, there's nothing loose. So then when I saw that that tub was flooded and that all those lines were drained, I said that was one of there was a, one of the younger rats, young adult, got out from that hole last week and has been just free ranging in the barn for a week and did not have water. So it went to those lines and chewed on them to get something to drink. Except so you, I'm thirsty. And mind you, the, the, rat, the mouse house, as we so lovingly call it, is an absolute disaster. It's fairly cluttered. There's a lot of stuff in there that I need to frankly clean up and move. Some of it's my parents' stuff. Some of it's my stuff. But my dad, for whatever reason, got into a phase where he collected milk crates like crazy for stuff just to keep things in, <laughs> but he never used them. And so in this back corner of the rat barn, there's these just, there's like probably 20 to 25 milk crates all stacked up along the back wall of that barn. And the last time I had some rats get loose when I was doing, I, I tried to pull out the whole bin with all of them in it and swap them over real quick while I put the new bin in, which didn't work. I had like four rats just bolt and take off. That was a whole nother event. Caught them all. So we're good. But when we had wild rats in the barn, which we had at one point, there was a whole group of them living in there. They had nested under that back row of milk crates because they put like they tore up some some other stuff in there and like put the bedding and in, in whatnot in little clumps in a, in, a, in a little den basically so i was like i'll bet you 
if that rat's still in here, it's over there. And I went and moved, and sure enough, the little female hanging out, tried to catch her. She's bolted too quick. There's too much stuff around. I, I'm not fast enough to grab it. Um, you had to be quicker than that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> chased her around for about probably an hour. Got to the point where I lost her and couldn't figure out where she was hiding at because I couldn't find her, even though I knew about where she was, but I thought maybe she had bolted when I had my back turned or something. So I was like, okay, screw it. I'm going to go flip some tin. Maybe I'll come back and it'll be back out and sort of wandering around, whatever. So I go and flip the usual boards and tin. Absolutely nothing. Completely like not even a skink. And then I went to go flip this one piece of tin. That's the one by the fence. Yeah. Over there. I knew where it was yeah, as soon as I saw that was. As soon as I saw the video, I was like, yeah. oh, I know which one that is. And so I flipped it and like bam, pair of copperheads just chilling right there. You Two could for... tell it was a male and female yeah. too. Yeah, the female wasn't shed. Um and so I was like, Oh, okay. Well, this kind of makes up for the, the absolute shit show that has been the last <laughs> hour. Uh, so I put them in a bucket and I relocated them on the lot next door to my parents' place because um, my nieces and stuff like to run around and, and play outside and stuff. So, and I, that's the second time I've second or third time I found copperheads under that tin in particular. We found a black racer under that piece. Yeah, too. there's a black racer that lives under there every now and then. I still see that one. Probably eating those damn copperheads. Um, but these two copperheads did not look like some of the other ones I found because usually I'll take a picture nice. and I'll kind of they were nice. They were nice. Um, so I relocated them and uh, I texted my dad a picture. I was like, you may want to move this tin because this is like, there's something about this piece of tin that these things are just like. Nah, man, you, you know? got to keep it there so you can go keep finding them. I know. I just, them. The only thing I could think of is like, yeah. that's why you don't grab tin with your hands. Yeah. Like seeing these videos of these herbers and stuff on Instagram, dude, and that guy with the tin with their with hands, the and I'm timbers. like, "Are you kidding?" Oh my god, the, that guy with the timbers, dude! I saw that before it was sent into our group, and I about crawled out of my skin watching that. It's like, it's oh, like, there's five babies. Doing? I'll bet you there's more. Cool, grab more tin with your hands, like layer after layer, and, and then moms, like, and then moms like under the bottom 20 one, freaking horridus under that damn tin plus mom, like yeah. How they someone didn't get nailed during that is pretty incredible because of how many babies there were just floating around. But exactly that's exactly why, like, man, when I'm flipping stuff, I got that field hook, which I highly recommend you get a field hook or a stump ripper, whatever they're called. Um, just those L hooks. Like that's the best best piece of equipment I've bought in a long time. Um normal hooks any hook any hook works fine. Yeah, but they just, just I found that like the Midwest hooks and my other like rounded hooks, they just don't grip that that tin as well it's so much nice. easier with that l hook to just grab it and pull it up yeah, i haven't um, had any problem so i moved those copperheads and then i went back to the the shed back to the barn mouse house um found saw the rat again after searching around for another like 15 minutes with a flashlight just trying to sort of see in the corners and stuff um chased it out it took off ran to the back corner under a bunch of uh, like plywood and stuff, plywood sheets that my, my dad has standing up for whenever he needs them or whatever. And I can't get in there. So I uh, ended up, I have a, a air rifle. Um, it got into a corner that I couldn't get, but I could still see it. So I ended up just having to, to shoot it. Unfortunately, I'm not going to detail there, but uh, it sucked. Um, I actually, I really like my rats. I really enjoy them. They're, they're cool little animals. They're, they got a lot of personality and stuff. And so it, it, 
sucks anytime I got to put one down, be it <sighs> humanely or via air air rifle or you know however. It's just not fun. Um, so uh, I was in the mood after that, and then I I get home and open the piece of mail that was waiting for me, and I got jury duty. So I was like, <laughs> perfect. Just exactly what I needed right on right on top of that so uh yeah, i basically set up salt on the wound i was gonna put out a have a heart trap first of all but then i looked at the have a heart trap that we had and there was a gap probably about that big on the side of the door and that rat could have could have squeezed through that if it wanted to oh, yeah, so i was I like there's really no point in setting that thing up it's not going to hold on to it it's not going to keep it in there so that's when i just made the decision of like Let's just let's just get this over with. So, um, didn't even replace the line yeah. yesterday. I just filled up all the bottles that I have. I filled up like five of those and just put a bottle in each tub. And it's like I'm going I'll, home. I'll, yeah, I was like, screw it. I'm dealing with this this weekend. You know, there there'll be it'll hold them over for now until I can get there and, and replace the line tomorrow and stuff. But good lord, man, it's like it sucks because there was the one the one tub that was flooded. I felt really bad because there was three rats. There was four rats in there. Three of them were soaked. One of them was dead. Jeez. Um, and you could tell, like, when you walk in, they they see you. They're like, "Oh my god, help!" Like, <laughs> help, Jesus. <laughs> um, dang. And man, I just set sucks. them up in a separate tub too. And I was like, "I'm not even going to fill this back up. I'm not even going to replace it. Y'all are just going to go in a temporary, right? Temporary slot in another rack for now until I get this figured out." Because I'm like, at that point, I'm like drenched in sweat. I'm wearing my work polo, which is like heavyish and not super breathable, and like. I just got home. I just like, I need to smoke. I need. Sucks. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was funny when I went in there the other week to find pinkies, dude. I, I swear I had the hardest time just finding pinkies going through there, but I was like, I didn't want like, I'm so weird about rodents, man. Like I've been bit by so many fucking Mine hamsters. Aren't, dude, the rats aren't yeah. They're fine. The you know, I moved, care. I ended up moving yeah. a few around and like, they didn't, they were fine and all, but I just like, I don't know, man. I hate, I hate rodents. God, I hate them so much. Cause I've, dude, I've, I'm telling you, I've been bit by hundreds on hundreds of snakes. No issues. Whatever. Dude, seeing the teeth I've on been those adult rats. Nailed. Like, hell no. Dude, I've been nailed by a hamster mm. and just made me like squirt blood. So yeah. back when I was in high school, dude, so I worked deep. at, I worked at a PetSmart and then I worked at one in Texas when I lived there for a short period. Um, and because I was, you know, I was basically the animal guy all the time. I was always the one doing like treatments on stuff in the back. And uh, the amount of hamsters that just lit me up made me just hate, yeah. hate them so much. I wanted to chuck those things across the fucking room, dude. I hate, I, oh, I hate hamsters. I hate hamsters so much. Rodents. Yeah, no, just I've never had any of, of the rats at all like all of them out of all yeah. of them i've never had one try anything like try to bite me like i've been able to pick them up and i mean obviously they're not like domesticated so they're not like excited yeah. to be being played with but they're not aggressive like they're not right they're not yeah bitey or they're anything fine. no they, yeah they're they fine to deal with it um i tell you what the i had ASFs, a, the asfs aren't even bad at all like i had a hell of a time just finding pinkies though i went through like See, that's five tubs and almost, i was like what? i was like he said they were everywhere then finally opened one there's a big old pile yeah. and i was like thank god they're in there somewhere grabbed them because i'm pulling like 
50 plus pingies and pups like a week. Jesus. Dude, it's crazy. Yeah, I thought about Jake would get you Lordis. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. That is yeah, I would feed dude. I have what oh, not never mind. I'm not even going to get into it. Yeah, I hate hamsters. I am very attached to the rats, much. though. So, I've thought I really Did you not thought like about... it though when you walk in there and you go to the tubs and they all are like sitting at the edge, like looking at you, like they're curious. They <laughs> yeah, want to know what's going curious. on. They Dude, know I was so paranoid one was going to get out. They like, know that you're the food stay monkey. Stay in, like. <laughs> yeah, but I've really thought about like recently, you know, because of this whole pinky fiasco I've yeah. gone through. I've really thought about getting just like a group of mice and then like a group of ASFs. Just like small group, just to be able to, you know, cherry pick tiny, tiny pinkies. Um, yeah, sort of the issue with that though is you just you have to have enough to, to produce enough to make it worthwhile. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, that's the thing. All I need them for is pinkies. I don't mind buying the rest, but like, yeah, but if by they're only producing finding... a couple litters in a in a six month period, it's not a whole lot. Right. Exactly. You know, you're gonna burn through because that's a mistake I've made is pulling pinkies and not saving them and letting a group get raised up to produce more later on is like i kept pulling right. them and pulling them and pulling them because i was going through pinkies faster than i was getting pinkies dude yeah and then there's you know it comes kind of frustrating when all of a sudden they hit like the super hot season or the super cold season and production just kind of stops right um yeah because right now dude i am you know i don't know how how many babies did you produce this year Oh, around probably in 50? the ballpark of 30-ish, not okay. counting the clutch that has yet to hatch. Yeah, so Maybe I closer to 40. I hatched out. I still have 29 babies that are still with me, and I got rid of six. No, I got rid of seven so far. So I hatched. That's... 46 and i got five more to have so i i hatched around 50 babies this year i'm going to hatch around 50 babies this year if you're um, feeding those things got, on every four day dude, schedule dude, oh, i don't do dude, four yeah, days dude like it's crazy i don't i don't, I, know, how I don't do. know i don't know why like with babies like i get it you want to pump them full of food get them up to size whatever i feed my babies just like everything else once a week yep. 10 days if i need to you know like i went on when i was in daytona they ended up going almost two weeks they were fine they were fine you know like i feed my babies just like everything else and it's not an issue but man am i rolling through some freaking pinkies man i bought like 200 of the ones that you know they could eat and it was like they were gone in you know a matter of weeks um, so just had to order more and, uh, so, but with that said, if anybody wants a gray rat snake, let me know. I got a bunch of males that are ready to, ready to fly the coop. And, uh, I got some yellow rats there. I have a couple pairs of yellow rats that are going to be available. Only, I think two pairs and then an extra male. Um, those are Pasco County. So if anybody wants Pasco County, yellow rats or Santa Rosa gray rats, let me know. Um, both fantastic. They're all eating frozen thought. So let me know if you'd be interested. But yeah, this, this year with the babies, man, was like the first, you know, at previous years, I haven't bred a lot, you know, prior to this year, I had two carpet clutches and, um, you know, it was one clutch, you know, for two years. And, um, you know, that was, that was a cakewalk. 
you know, both clutches were one clutch was 10. The other one was like, I think 10 as well. No, eight, eight and 10. And, um, dude, those were, those were so easy. And then like this year I got a clutch of 16 from the yellow rats, clutch of 14 from the grays, then another six from the grays for a double clutch. And then I think I got four or five from the yellows from a double clutch. So it ended up being a whole lot more than, you know, what I've ever produced. And it was, it really, it really opens you up, Op opens you up a little bit. Once you realize the work it takes to really, you know, feed all these babies on a weekly basis and keep up with them. And I've come up with a pretty good system. I pretty much water everything. I, ch I change the water as I feed and then pick out poop and stuff as I feed. Um, so it's all, it all happens on its own schedule, but nerd, man, I fed all, I feed and water the babies on their own day, like separate from everything else. Dude, yesterday it took me like two and a half hours to feed and water all the, all the babies. Yep. And I was like, good Lord. Like, I can't imagine the people that have hundreds of these things. And it wouldn't have been that bad if they didn't double clutch, damn it. Oh yeah, dude. That, those double clutches killed me. Um, but you know, I wouldn't be as mad about the double clutch if every single one from the double clutch of the grays was a fucking male. Like it was ridiculous, dude. I have one that was kind of, a, kind of a runty baby. It didn't pit by itself. Um, but it ended up coming out because I cut the egg and it's doing fine so far. It's actually really, really pretty. So I really hope it's a girl because I'll probably end up keeping it if, um, if it is. Um, but dude, it's just it's a freaking nightmare. I ended up with like 16.3 something like from the grays. And then the yellows gave me a perfect 8.8. .8. Um, so that was great. But I was like, dude, what's up, Randy? Talk about a sausage fest. But yeah, it's been fun. Definitely been an experience. And now I know that I definitely moving forward, definitely want to keep babies under a hundred. Um, Cause good Lord, it's a lot. And you know, it might be different if I just drop fed everything, you know, like, you not? no, I tongue feed everything. Um, there's a couple of yes. Garage, Cause the game was coming on and I was trying, <laughs> I was trying to get, a couple um so i just put them on a little lid and dropped them in there and they ate those so i'm like man maybe i should just drop feed everything how's aaron Rodgers doing there buddy aaron Rodgers doesn't play for us oh that's right yeah he plays for the jets and he's out for the season no i'm not happy about that boy we, we lost our just first round pick over it just because he's he's not on on green bay anymore no dude i still love aaron Rodgers. i wanted to see him play Got one of those people that tore his Achilles became a Bucks fan overnight. No, absolutely because not because of a certain somebody. I am blood runs green. That's right, green and gold, baby. Um, but no, he tore his Achilles. Yeah. So. But yeah. Um, so yeah. But yeah, the that uh second clutch of yellows is due to hatch between the second and I do from like I do sixty to sixty sixty. Um, 
Yeah, it was mine so, too on those hypos, so. and here we are, day like eighty fucking five. You're at eighty five. I don't know. I mean, I'm in, I'm in the eighties, like approaching the eighties, if not already there. Yeah, no. I so these yellows are beginning of October to about the middle. So we'll see. And then for both clutches, like both or all three of the ones that I've already hatched, they were around sixty five. So everything was kind of kind of the same. But man, those yellow babies that I hatched are freaking mom. They're insane. Every single one ate off tongs. But yeah, I, I feed I feed all mine off tongs. Just that's how I feed every single snake I have tongs. And I do that just because I like knowing they took it. And then when specifically with the babies, I feed them and then I watch them eat. Because if I move, try to put the lid on the tub, they drop it. So I sit there and watch them eat basically the entire time. That's half the reason why it takes me so fucking long to feed everything. Um, yeah, no, I'm. I team, also I'm do that. Feed, bro. Also do that because I don't like having to go back through everything and make sure they ate because I don't like wasting pinkies. Uh, uh, really drop feed anything personally, but and that's also because like especially for babies, if I'm selling, let them be tong feeding. So I know a lot of people prefer tong feeders um, over drop feeding. So I make sure they'll, they'll take off the tongs. That way, if you want to tong feed, you want to drop feed, they'll probably I, do I drop one. feed, and then by the time I'm done with with most of them, I'll circle back because I'll I usually already know which ones, especially of like the hatchlings and stuff, yeah, you likely check. didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I go back through and check, and then sometimes I'll leave it overnight if I think they might take, but. Most yeah. of the time they all just eat. Yeah, I, I had the two. I drop fed two. Well, I technically drop fed three, but one of them was in one of them's being assist fed because it's neurologically not there. Um, so she's being assist fed at the moment, but she Same. was in, she was in shed, so I just left it in there to see if she would drop feed. She didn't eat. I left it in overnight, but the two grays that I drop fed by the time I was done, that pinky was gone. So I was like, hell yeah. So I might have to start doing that a little bit more to save some time. Because, man, like I said, it takes me two and a half to three hours to do all the babies now. Um, but it is what it is. I love feeding the babies, man. I love I love dealing with them. They're, they're cool. They, they're so much fun. And uh, the grays are finally going into their second sheds and starting to starting to grow. You gotta come over sometime, man. I gotta show you my old back grays, dude. They're bad to the bone. They're really, really good. Stoked to see how they turn out. Um, probably gonna end up keeping two point one out of those because I was only gonna keep a pair. Then there was this one male that specifically that really stuck out. There were several really nice ones, obviously. Um, but I kept a pair that really looked similar because I really liked the look of the female. So I picked the male to follow suit with her. They both look insane. Then there's this one male that's like, it's so clean everywhere else. And he's already got red saddles going on. So I was like, I can, I can keep an extra male. I mean, that's kind of the nice thing, too, that I've been 
it on is like i don't just because it's a hold bet doesn't mean it's forever oh yeah no um, it's like it, i literally wrote on the tub keep for now yeah like just, just to see, see what happens you know? and you know? if i end up liking him more than the other one then i'll sell him you know like whatever um so there was something posted by robert bezzy Beezy, talking about subspecies and i guess he was talking about using like pituophis as an example um, something we've kind of talked about a little bit, but I figured the way that he worded this was was kind of a good uh, good explanation. Um, and the post is: Are subspecies more subjective than species? Are species really the atomic particles of evolution? If populations are allopatric and diagnosable, are they by definition different species? Should subspecies be based strictly on gene frequencies evidenced by phenotype or by DNA sequences or both? And I think we've kind of, that's always been sort of the issue, you know, when we talk about what should be a subspecies or what should be classified in, in group A or group B. Um, to me, I think is, is rhinos being put into Ganyasoma. Um, phenotypically, very, very, very different from true Ganyasoma. Like, so it, how like, they can go from A to B on those, I still have yet to understand. But if you look at the paper, and I don't know how well that study was done, how well that paper was done, apparently, genetically, they are not too distant, which I believe, I believe there is a relation. To me, it doesn't seem like it can be as immediate, like as close as maybe there's a scientist, but it, it, and the same thing goes for like cane breaks versus timbers. So, but rhinos are a different subspecies, correct? No, they're their own. I mean, it's their Ganyasoma, um, Bulangari now. Okay. There's the Heinonensis subspecies, which that's so they're just in the same genus, yeah. Different species. The Heinonensis thing is going to depend on who you ask, because some people will call bullshit. Some people think it's legit. I don't. Um, this is the the way I see it. And this is just my two cents. I'm not a fucking scientist, so what do I know? But I think as far as genus goes, that should be solely on genetics. Like if there's lineup. Yes, like if certain things correlate, then yes, they can be uh, in the same genus. Now, when it comes to phenotypical stuff, I think that's where it needs to be split for subspecies, at least. You know, maybe not species. You know, again, I think species genetic level, um, but subspecies, I think that should be broken down more phenotypically. You know, I look at stuff like Eastern rat snakes, like I, that is the biggest load of bullshit. Like I have ever seen, uh, they are so obviously different. They may be the same, but they're not, you know, like you can't tell me a jet black snake is the exact same as an orange one in South Florida, like, which I would I get on board with that. If you saw all of those in the same place together. Exactly. Yeah. But you don't, you don't. Apparently we're breaking up pretty bad. Yeah, I don't, I, I actually talked to, uh, the internet people today 
after sending a tech out on Monday because I'm tired of this this game we're playing and <laughs> I'm paying for 300 megs a, a second of internet and I'm not getting it according to my speed test. So uh, hopefully getting that fixed. But yeah, I mean, I, I think like cane breaks over timbers is a really good are they the same? Sure. Should they be, should cane breaks be a subspecies? I think so because we don't see the traditional timber down here. Like it's not, it's not a thing. I see some dark ones. Don't get me wrong, but like they're more brown than anything. I definitely have seen stuff that definitely yeah, you're resembles not seeing all black or like hay yellow timbers down here. It's not, yeah. you're seeing you're seeing cane breaks yeah exactly and like i think anything and i don't think it's that big of a separation i think it's more of the stuff along the coast you know in our area and then the areas in georgia and, yeah you know i think it's more of a coastal thing it's not even like we're venomous it even comes to down to like the the venom makeup because mm -hmm. there's a very big difference from the cane breaks here versus the timbers and the mountains mm -hmm. you know are we have a lot more the cane breaks here have i'm not even going to say more toxic but they're it's a very different venom makeup from the stuff up there and you know ours are usually a lot more hot you know whether i'm not going to be the one to find out but why not man you know ours have a lot more um cytotoxin i believe yeah. it is in, in it and neurotoxin versus the hemotoxic ones um so that's it's that's kind of the one of the I things know. with with like the private sector versus academics is you have people that keep stuff that they will tell you because of how many they've worked with they are very they are not the same animal you can have yeah. someone that keeps both timbers and cane breaks and they keep them you know 200 of them each and they can tell you very definitively they are not the same animal. Like they don't behave exactly the same. Uh, Our tower is bigger too, for the most part. We get some some decent size. I mean, we some of the ones down here, dude, are diesel as fuck. Like I I, I have found personally like five foot cane breaks. Like Phil has kept like, both, and he's like they're not the same animal. Like behaviorally, and yeah, is that a is that a a good threshold to determine whether something is a subspecies or not, not necessarily. But I think that coupled with phenotype and other factors, like the fact that you just don't and see, that, um, like if we right. saw timber down here, then I'd be like, sure. It's just, it's, it's, it's a phenotype for a certain area. Like that would make sense. But because there is such a clear separation of sorts, even though that that one we found up in up in uh, Athens definitely kind of threw me for a loop, given how far up we were. Um, if anybody saw that, that you would have said that's a cane break because it had the you know the, right. the, the stripe and everything. And but see, I am gonna show you. I'll show you a picture now. This is the closest thing to a quote unquote timber I've ever seen. It's a dark snake. Yeah. See, even to me though, like that. That has the stripe and everything. Like that's yeah. still a that's still a it's cane dark. break to me. It's and just then, a dark one. But on the same same exact WMA, I found that. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot, a lot of variation. Yeah, I don't know if y'all can see that at all in the in the frame. No, it's not gonna come up. <laughs> um, but you know, I have found, you know, on the same WMA, and these are literally 
don't get me wrong. It was, they were acres apart, you know, basically on opposite ends, but one side is a very, very, very light colored, perfect orange stripe down the back. And the other one has almost a black tail, um, very dark Brown colorations. And, um, yeah, there is, there's definitely a variance, but you don't see like stuff from Pennsylvania. Like, dude, those are black. Mm -hmm. I mean, even black Georgia, is, like North yeah, Georgia, North Georgia has, I've seen some North Georgias that were pitch black. Yeah. Um, you know, and to me it would be more so like, where's, where's the line? That's the problem. You know, that's why, you know, I say anything coastal, coastal Georgia, South Carolina, that's a cane break to me, you know, and once you get up into the mountains, it could even be that mountains versus terrain, you know, is that where we draw the line? Um, but to me, what we found in Georgia, to me, that's a cane break. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's my personal opinion all day, but yeah, everybody. I just, I think me. as far as like the whole debate of like, should phenotype be taken into account when finding a so. subspecies i think that it should be a culmination of you know the genetics and right. and the phenotype and mitochondrial dna or nuclear dna like something i mean obviously we need that information to sort of as pieces of a puzzle to, to dictate where they're coming from in terms of you know phylogeny and stuff like that um but like yeah, obsoleta are a perfect example of that too. I think. Yeah, it's like I, that's yeah. again, like sure they're very genetically similar, but they're completely copperheads different. too because they <laughs> they tried to lump copperheads all into one thing and they may have successfully done it. I don't know, but I don't know a single person that says a copperhead from uh, Pennsylvania or Maryland is the same as the ones in, uh, down here. Like they don't look the same. I don't like. I just. I have a hard time. Uh, I have a hard time. Like, sure, maybe genetically look identical, but like, are we taking it into account again the bigger picture? What if it's has is a case of like the stuff up north is considerably smaller than the stuff we have down here? Like, yeah, I think does that not play a factor? I think all that should play a factor. You know, at least on the subspecies level. I'm not saying make it its own species. I'm not saying that at all. But as far as subspecies, I think. If everything is the same across the board, but one's black, one's white, you know, at least, you know, just to look at, you know, like Harry said, pheno phenotype has to matter. Like to me, it, it should, it really should, you know, like you're, you can't tell me a black, yeah, a black rat snake and a Everglades rat snake may have the exact same genetic makeup, but one's in South Florida, one's in Southern or Northern South Carolina and up into the freaking North Carolina and Pennsylvania. Like you can't tell yes, genetically they are, but they should not be like exactly the same. They're completely fucking different. You know, that's, mm -hmm. I don't know. That's just. It's tough. And it, the whole know. thing, I mean, I'll I guess right back. The, gotta be. the taxonomic, debate that we've we've talked about previously you know be it ganyasoma or cane breaks versus timbers or any of that stuff uh at the end of the day i mean does it really really make a difference not really because it's not going to have any bearing on how we're keeping things to a degree um 
it's just interesting to think about. I mean, this this particular post mentions, you know, there's a map of of all the Pituofas and stuff in in the states. Uh, and it's, I mean, are you going to say a northern pine and a and a Florida or southern pine are going to be like there? Clearly, has to be a line there. Like they're not the same, but pretty sure they were at some point. They were they were classified as as all uh, northerns i believe um you know even the ability to integrate like does that play a factor if if you have things like uh again florida and northern pines if if you have natural intergrades and a natural intergrade zone there like does that play a factor into whether something should get the subspecies status or, or separated um there's just there's a level of of subjectivity with taxonomy and a level of skepticism outside of of the the information and the numbers and the the charts and things that i think is always going to sort of exist be either either in the private sector or even from other scientific professionals i don't it you know and it's that's one of the things it's it's just like fashion is never finished, I don't think taxonomy is ever finished either. It's never, it's fluid. It's not a, it's not a cut and dry, like we're labeling this as this, that's what it will be for here and forever. Um, it's, it's evolving. And I mean, I think as Doc Lopeman says, like the only way you, you fight science is with better science. Like as things progress, as technology progresses, we learn more. We figure out that things weren't what we thought they were. Maybe things are more different than we thought they were, like green trees, um, which wasn't much of a shock to me when, when, or I think most of the chondro community, when Natush came out and said, yeah, there's like four subspecies here. Everyone kind of already had a feeling like these are clearly different from one another. An Aru and a Biok are not, like they're similar, but they're not the same snake. Um, but see, like that almost like, Obviously, like, yes, I don't disagree with the whole chondro separation thing, but how are you going to separate chondros and then lump rat snakes? That's like kind of what like irritates me. Like, chondros, have, it depends on that's, that's you know, it depends like, on the scientist because Natush said himself, is, he's like, I'm classically a lumper, he is not one to split. But when he saw the information as far as genetics and stuff and doing the molecular, molecular studies, molecular. Uh, he was like i can't really contest that these are different enough to be a, their own thing and he even said himself like he could have broken it down even more but he didn't want to because he just didn't find it i guess necessary but like that i think comes down to the person doing the actual studies and stuff because it's the same thing like if they had come back and all the rat snakes had their own subspecies uh, i mean they did at one point. right that like, was that that to me is like that makes sense i get yeah. that like yes they are very similar but it's like a black rat and a glaze rat and it, you know and a white oak very different very different snakes see i would even agree with like saying grays and blacks same subspecies and then everglades and yellows same subspecies i could even more so get on board that, with yeah, that that i can I you can know or gray or even yellows and everglades being the same than grays and blacks being separated because now grays are separated from 
blacks, Everglades, yellows, like, you know, those are all in the same, you know, category. Grays are their own thing, which makes no fucking sense to me, but whatever. I don't really care because obsolete for life. Taxonomy is a lie. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, that's been that's been a shirt idea for me for a while. Just one that yeah, just, I like. Just says I like the taxonomy's fake. I like the uh, the obsolete the shirt. Obsolete shirt. Yeah, you did. yeah. Ta- taxonomical anarchy. <laughs> like, it says obsolete, just a little taxonomic anarchy. That was. I love it. That was funny. I liked it. And that was something like I just started working on one because I was like, Jake wants an obsolete shirt. I've been putting it off. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I hope you didn't take and me then, like, like too seriously. And like, then I was like. It just started coming to me. I was like, what would I write with this other than just obsolete or something? And I was like, right. how about the fact that that whole situation is just absolute chaos? And uh, it's like, perfect. There you go. Yeah, I like it. Plus, it's my picture in there. That's right. Sounds cool. It's like, my, my picture is going to be on the shirt. Mm. I actually took that. I took that picture in Charleston, actually. Did you? Yeah. The, there's a wildlife area up there, like a really long walking trail. Sweet Eastern rat. We're going to fucking kill you. <laughs> and dude, don't even get me started on the greenish rat thing, man. I <laughs> I talked to Chris about that. And I was like, dude, do you believe in the whole greenish rat thing? He looks at me and goes, what's a greenish rat? And I was like, thank you. <laughs> like, I don't. Say I think no that more. is such bullshit. Like, I don't... Whatever. I mean, the yellows we have here on the island are, like, a greenish color. They're pretty dirty yellows. They're not like the Seminoles by no, any means. No, but, like, that they say greenish rats... be, like, an integrate. Yeah, right? or a black and yellow integrate, and that's wrong. Like, I don't believe that whatsoever. I don't either, because we like, don't see black rats down here. Nowhere. You just see yellows. You want to see black rats in South Carolina, you got to go upstate yeah and you're not going to see yellows up there you're just going to see blacks yeah and down here you're just going to see yellows like i've never seen anything in our area not even here on not even just here on the island which that's like that wouldn't happen anyways but like period yeah even inland a little bit in some of the counties there i've never seen anything that made me go that looks like it might be a mix of those two i just don't I don't know where they got that from because I remember looking at that and seeing the map where they're like, here's an integrate zone of yellows and blacks. I was like, no. It's like, that's that's sort of where my issue lies is like the people that are sort of boots on the ground in a particular area that are saying like, this is what we're seeing. We're not seeing this. But then someone comes in, does a study for, you know, X amount of time or something. All of a sudden, these things are popping up and they're a thing. Like, I don't, I don't know. That's where I'm like, what we're seeing versus what they're saying they're seeing are two different things. But it's like, who are you going to believe? The people that are literally like in it and there, or the visitor who's studying things, and all of a sudden we have black rat intergrades. Yeah, because that's like they say, you know, everything up in like charleston they even say stuff in charleston's technically a greenish rat and you know charleston's greenish georgetown's greenish i lived in georgetown never saw a black rat 
You know, I never even saw anything that resembles a black rat. You know, they're actually. I would prefer they just call them ugly yellows at that point. Not even dirty, dirty yellow. You know, like it's a yellow rat. You know, I don't. I think where you know, for me, a true intergrade, an intergrade zone is where you see both and then you see integrates. Like I have a true intergrade of a yellow and gray rat snake. It looks like nothing you will hardly ever see. But the area that you find them, you find gray rats, you find yellow rats, depending on kind of which side of the county you're on. Then there's this zone that you see this weird integrate. But even in that integrate, you see grays and you see yellows. Like that's... To me, that's how you define integrative is when you can find all three, you know, like here you just find, you know, and even like it's for around here. It really kind of depends on where you're at, because like Southern or not. Well, not Southern Southern, but like this side, like Ladies Island, the yellow rats are dirty. They're dirty as hell. They're dark. You get in the city of Beaufort that were actually like. Attractive yeah, you, you go to the city of Beaufort, they're also dark. I found the blackest yellow rat I've ever seen in Beaufort County, like Beaufort City. Integrate. But you go up to my dad's portion up or, over in northern Beaufort County, he sent me a yellow rat that looks like it should have been from Florida. Mm-hmm. Clean as all get out, perfect stripes, wasn't black at all. And it, it looked like something from Florida. Cleanest yellow rat I've ever seen. He just snapped me a picture and sent it to me. And it's like, you know, it really depends on where you're at in the county. You'll kind of see different variations. So, like, that kind of tells me that, like, and if anything, that, like, the more north you go, you would think if they're integrates that you would get more of the darker look, you know, when you go more north. But it's because, like, oh, but all the way over here on the island, they're dirty, but they're condensed here on the island. So they kind of stay dirty. So it's like, what? I don't. Well, I got to show you that corn before you leave, too. Yeah. That's a good one. All I'm saying, all in all, green, greenish rats are bullshit. That, that's, that's where I'm leaving that. What if it was a greenish bay rat snake? A greenish what? Bay. Bay? Greenish bay rat snake. What is a greenish bay? Green bay. Oh, greenish bay rat <laughs> Shut the fuck up. That'd be Panther awesome. Rofus Roger's eye. No. It, now it would be Panther Rofus Love Eye. Jordan Love for the win, even though we lost yesterday. But whatever. who'd you play? Detroit Lions. Oh, you lost to Detroit, dude. They're Ooh. a badass team, dude. Like they're they're legit. Are they actually having a decent year? I don't. I don't. Yeah, no, they're ac- they're enough. actually like way more than half decent this year. They're really? very yeah. They're a very very good team. I went to high school with Devin Taylor, who played for them for a bit. Oh, that's right. Saw him in a Waffle House once. He's like a million feet tall. Yeah, made me look like a freaking dwarf. I think he plays for the Chiefs now. I don't know where uh-huh. he's at now. I know he was with the Chiefs, but went to school yeah. with uh, Candace Glover too from American Idol. Oh yeah. Fun fact. <laughs> no one cares. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, whatever. <laughs> it's like saying I saw uh, I saw a famous person once. I sold Tom Berenger cigars. <laughs> If you live here and you haven't seen Tom Berger, someone's wrong. He's he's actually become kind of like 
a cryptozoological being at this point. Like I have not seen him in a very long time. Yeah, I haven't seen him. He used to come into Walgreens, man, and he dressed like he was a freaking hobo. Like you could tell he was working in his yard or something. So he's wearing like yard work clothes that were all just dirty and torn up and stuff. He'd have his this like hat on, like this bucket hat, but he'd keep it real low so like you couldn't tell it was him. And we were always told like if you see Tom Berenger come in because he comes in fairly regularly, like you know, don't like do the thing of like, oh, Tom Berenger, can I get a picture? Like basically like treat him like you would treat a customer except like worse like don't <laughs> play into the yeah right but then he came in and he got cigars once and uh you know i did i was like i actually i don't even think i addressed him by name but i was treating like any other customer I was yeah. like, what are you looking for and i gave him some recommendations and he was like okay cool he's he's a very uh i heard he's a weird guy he's just very stone-faced He's very stoic. He's not like super personable. Like if you say hi to him, he's not gonna be like, "Oh, hey, how's it going?" Like you say hi, he's gonna be like, "Hey." Hey. And he's just gonna kind of keep walking. But I don't know. He's around. He lives. He has a property down here somewhere. But I don't know of anybody that's that's had interactions with him where they were like, "He was the nicest guy." It was always like, "Yeah, he's kind of just like he's just he's there. fairly coarse. He's just kind of meh." Yeah. Bet you he thinks that our yellow rats are yellow rats and not <laughs> probably. All I know is yellow rats are the best snakes, and that is who's Tom Berenger. What? Do you not? You never saw Platoon? He was in Inception, but I don't. I don't ever. I didn't watch Inception entirely. I only saw bits and pieces of it. Yeah, to be honest, if I saw him, I probably wouldn't even know it was him. At this point, I know who he is because I live here. And that's if you like, it. he's pretty recognizable. If you know, if you if you've seen him, you you know it. Like he's pretty yeah. hard to get mixed up with someone else. But he smiles in some of these pictures, and so it's like, what happened, dude? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> he was in Major League Sniper, the substitute platoon. Apparently, like there's 20 sniper movies that he was in. Jesus. Uh. Major League Two, The Big Chill, Training Day. Don't remember him being in that. What else? A lot of like Smoke and Aces, too. But if you've seen Platoon, he was like the, he was the, like the, the antagonist, uh, not antagonist, but the, the bad guy in Platoon. I haven't seen that. Sergeant Barnes, Staff Sergeant Barnes. I think my my bass player when I was playing music at one point, he's like, "Dude, when you see him, call him Sergeant Barnes." <laughs> I was like, "Are you trying to get me punched in the face?" Because he probably look at call him Staff Sergeant Barnes, and he probably would look at you and be like, "Fuck you, fuck you, dude." I saw what you did to fucking Willem Dafoe. You piece of shit. Look, that is a great, if you have not seen Platoon, that is a great movie, though. I have not seen that. I'm with you, man. I don't. I haven't watched a lot of movies. Smitty always makes fun Such of me for movie. not watching certain movies. Done left Willem Dafoe in the dust, man. Messed up, and then everyone knew it, but no one would say anything because then he'd 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 mess you up too if you tattled. It's a great movie. Anyways, uh, 200 episodes, buddy. 
what's uh what has been what have you garnered what have you taken away from from 200 episodes of, of thp i think a better question is you know what haven't i taken away from this man you know it's um it's so weird to think about you know like we've been doing this for what five six years yeah i was saying before you got here i think next year's gonna be six if i'm not mistaken you know and um yeah i was i was 21 22 when we started this man just a boy almost a man but a boy you know i was fresh back from texas and uh stiff finger and all yeah man i was and i do come back from you met me at such a weird time man like i was so i graduated college in 2016 i moved to texas in 2016 then i moved back in january 2017 and then uh, we met in 2017 and um it was just a really weird time man you know in texas that's kind of when i started to have a lot more animals you know because the person i was with also enjoys an enabler yeah i mean she you know not really i mean we kind of enabled each other um but that was all very very not the animal part just the situationship part um was very unhealthy for me so i was really learning how to be myself when you and i kind of met and i was learning how to do all this you know kind of by myself and i was trying to grow my name and all that and uh you know it's uh it's weird, man. You know, the, the progression from then to now is, you know, night and day and, you know, there's been so many different aspects of my life in the last five years, you know, between, you know, moving back from Texas and, you know, living in a shitty trailer to just being in weird spots to my sabbatical for a year. And then, you know, to where I am now is just, it's all, it's, it's been a long road. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it feels like a lot longer than five years, you know, it's kind of one of those things. I feel like I've kind of been through hell and back in that, you know, mindset. And now, you know, things are better than ever. And well, when you date the devil, it kind of, <laughs> you tend to come back from, yeah literally um so it's um i've taken a lot from this man you know over the course of the years this has been um kind of an outlet you know um been a place i can just kind of just talk snakes and be okay you know and everything's everything's fine when you're doing the podcast you know like you don't have to worry about or think about anything else and it's been a it's been a real release for me, you know, over the years. And I, I've learned so much from the people we've had on. Um, you know, we've, I feel like we've built a family, you know, Absolutely. over the last, you know, five, six years um, doing this. And it's been incredible. I wouldn't know, I wouldn't know most of the people 
that I call my best friends now, if it wasn't for the show, you know, um, which to me is my mind boggling. You know, I went to high, I, you know, I had high school friends, I had college friends. I think I still have like two people I talk to now from those days. You know, the people that I call my best friends in the world came from doing the show. And, um, you know, I couldn't be more grateful. You know, I, uh, thankful for you and thank for all the people that we've met and uh created this this community you know through the podcast and it's been it's been incredible you know i was actually a buddy of mine from actually high school was at my house the other day because i hadn't talked to him in years and he was in town and he came over and i was feeding the baby so I was showing him everything and he was like you know how did the uh, i told him about the podcast and everything he's like man how did that even come about and so I kind of went down memory lane a little bit, you know, about how you and I, you know, met, you know, so, so long ago and how it all just like kind of, kind of came together, running. you know, you ran, you randomly followed me. You had, I had nothing about being in Beaufort on my end. And, uh, I saw your, I saw your page, you know, Palmetto Coast Exotics followed you. And I was like, huh, that kind of sounds like somebody that would be semi near me and, went to your page and you're in Buford, South Carolina. So I was like, well, hell, you know, let me shoot this guy a message. And, you know, after a month of kind of hanging out a little bit and talking, you're like, Hey, let's do a podcast. And I'm like, dude, what's a podcast? You know, like, what are we going to talk about? And I still remember your like, exact, your exact words. No, no, no. You didn't say, I don't know. You said, I, I asked you, like, what are we going to talk about? You said, you said, what do we talk about every single day? I was like, this, and he's like, you're like, we're just going to record it. It's like, we're going to talk about what we talk about every single fucking day. And all we have to do is record it. And I was like, okay, screw it. Let's, let's give it a shot, you know? And actually I'm scrolling back and seeing if like the original conversation is even still on Instagram. Oh man, that was so long ago. I don't, even know I don't know. We don't be. talk like individually yeah, on instagram that much so it's not that <laughs> far of a stretch right. yeah from uh from instagram <laughs> why did you find it no just other like old conversations and stuff <laughs> yeah it's uh the, the just the goofy shit that people post on Instagram and me us going <laughs> like what is this? Why? It's such a it was such a different time, man, you know, because back then it was like it was just you and me, you know. Like, February eighth, twenty eighteen. You so, messaged me first. I did. Oh, you went back to the first message. You're from Beaufort? Question mark, question mark. No way, that's where I'm at. Ha ha. <laughs> don't know many reptile people around here i said i sure am exclamation point i live in mossy oaks i made a reptile group on facebook for reptile folks between here in hilton head <laughs> is that around poor royal i live over in burton at the moment ha ha and no way really what's it called buford bluffton hilton head reptile group <laughs> and here's the marker for our maps like yeah i'm down the street from lanopolaire on rebo it was a Mexican restaurant. Yeah, that's right, dude. <laughs> that yes. was when you were living with Doug. And I said, you're right about there not being many hurt folks here, especially Morelia people. 
Yeah, because you keep the you kept a few conjurers, and I had some carpets. Not quite a few carpets. Let's see. Then you 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 used me to get in my door to you wanted to look at some caramel carpets that I had. Like, oh yeah, I want to come over and look at them. You didn't actually want to buy them. You just wanted to scope out my shit. <laughs> you came to the trap house. <laughs> Oh God, I forgot about that. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, that uh... dude. I remember pulling up to your place when you were living there for the first time and being like, I'm about to get fucking robbed. <laughs> I was like, this ain't a dude on Instagram. This is like some friggin' like predator dude with a machete. Like he's gonna chop my arm off if I don't give him my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> that... I was like, there's someone I was like, it's like ain't nobody living here. Yeah, and then I saw your head poke out from like the blinds. I was like, "Oh God!" <laughs> yeah, you always you always had to look out right. over there, man. You always had. To I look just remember walking outside. around, looking around, being like, "Who's gonna jump out of the bushes and fuck me up?" Like, yeah, yeah, because you had a uh, striped caramel head. I believe the, Yeah, you had. I got a pair of striped caramel, sixty-six percent pos head albino, and a diamond jungle jag. Yeah. And then uh, I was like, "How much are you asking on?" You said, "I'd like to get three hundred for the pair of caramels and three hundred for the DJJ." But if someone offered me something close to those prices, I'd have a hard time turning it down. And I said, "Let me ask my 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 wife." Yeah, <laughs> classic. No, I said, "I'd be interested, but I won't be able to drop any money on anything anytime soon." I said, "Too many bills." <laughs> Credit cards are the devil. I told you that early on. Yeah. Let's see. I'm trying to find the message when you asked me about the podcast. Yeah. We may have been messaging on Facebook at that point. I don't know. That's crazy. I even went back to the first message. <laughs> That's insane. I think I remember. I saw you at one point when you were in PetSmart, like way before this. Before that? Oh, when I was working there? Yeah. yeah. I'm sure you did. So that would have been years before. Uh, well, not years. About three years before. Is your king a total ass like they all seem to be? Is your what? Your king rat? When you oh, your king, king rat? <laughs> Yeah, I had a king rat at the time. That's right. I had a lot of different shit at that point, man. I think at that point, I had a king rat. I had a water python. I had a Nicaraguan bow constrictor. I think the rest were carpets. You were there already when I got into my blood phase. Very, very yeah. short lived. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that was it. No colubrids. Oh, minus the king rat, obviously, but. Uh, 
Yeah, weird times, man. You know, like you said, it's funny. Like you and I don't really talk one on one all that much anymore, unless it's about the show and you know the podcast or something, and trying to figure out a guest and all that. Which is weird, man. You know, we started started with nothing and nobody. You know, just us and a couple microphones. Oh, how far we have come. You received my secret and silent command. You're like, what do you want? I said nothing. <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know. What's up, Harry? He said, y'all. It must have been uh, Facebook. <laughs> y'all need a bro date. <laughs> we had many of those. Those days are long, long past us, Harry. What did I say? Are you about done scrolling? Damn. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Just. <laughs> I shared you something from JT in like 2021. From JT? Yeah. Oh, that's oh wait. Crazy. No, this is. Okay. That's all semi recent. But. Um, yeah. Yeah, dude. It's been. It's been wild. Um, I think sort of my biggest takeaway from from 200 episodes so far is do what works for you. Yeah, you know, of all the things that we've we've learned, all the people we've talked to, sort of the one thing that that just seems to to come back as far as common denominators is like do what works. You know, you can. You can go in the groups and you can have people tell you a million different ways how to do the same thing or, you know, have a million people tell you the same way to do something. But if it doesn't work for you or your room or your, you know, situation, don't do it. You know, um, yeah. I know we've talked about a little bit, too, in the past. Uh, you know, don't be afraid to to experiment and try things to see if they work or not. Um, I think it's the small things like that. Of taking the uh, the chances and and trying to sort of learn things and figure out what might be a missing missing piece of the puzzle or something uh, yeah. is the only way that we sort of progress and and we learn these things. Um, and yeah, man, it's been wild. I mean, I think the the, the biggest thing like favor we could have done ourselves you know in the beginning was was going into it with with no real expectations or knowing yes. what's going to happen and just being like you just flying by the seat of our pants you know that's we're just all, we're just hopping we in did, man hopping in the van with the guy that said he's got candy for us and seeing what happens like yeah and it's yeah. been you know here we are at that i mean i think about it actually a lot um you know none yeah. of the network stuff would have would have happened if we hadn't started this the magazine wouldn't have started if we hadn't started this uh i'm in the same boat as you like the people that we're, we're fortunate enough to call friends are our direct result of this um the opportunities as far as species that i'm currently keeping that I, yeah. I was sure i never would um is a direct result of of this and people thank us a lot for the the work we've put in and stuff. And I mean, yeah, it is, it is work, but this, I'm with Jake. Like it's really not work because this is sort of the one, well, two times a week, I guess for me, like where I don't 
all, all the all the bullshit going on outside of of this and herps it's left at the door you know like i'm here it's a nice nice two hour break to to just kind of bullshit and hang out with you and phil and whoever we happen to have on and um it's it's even two or threefold because i'm also learning things and getting perspectives from from people that i respect and opinions from people i respect but also helping get that information out for people to also get something out of. Um, And I, you know, I I think a lot of it also boils down to the fact that like the people we are that you're listening to or watching, like we're the, that's, if you've ever hung out with us at Daytona, like this is, this is, this is us. Like we're really not, it's not a facade. There's no personas or anything going on. It's not, you know, it's not two different people from what you get on camera or in audio versus, you know, in real life, so to speak. Um, I, I like to think that that at least plays a part in, and why we've done so well over the, over the years and how we're this deep into this many episodes is like, I think the, even on a subconscious level, like people pick up on, on authenticity and people can pick up on when someone's kind of bullshitting a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think overall, you know, almost i mean entirely really like we we've been pretty honest as far as like our our failures and our our missteps and things within our collection and animals yeah. and mistakes and things and we've never been been scared to to talk about it or share our experiences with it and i know for me that's wanting someone else to learn from their mis- from my mistakes so they don't have to go through what i went through with the same thing you know i mean that's why i came out and t- i did i can't tell you how scared i was to come out and talk about the nido shit that i dealt with you know, like that was the scariest thing I've ever dealt with in my collection. And, you know, I was horrified to come out and tell, you know, anybody who listened that, you know, I had this problem and, you know, but I also knew that, you know, I I felt like I kind of had to, you know, just to be completely transparent and try and help somebody else that goes through it, man. Like it's, it's a part of the journey. Um, well, that's yeah, and that's the thing is, I mean, you you see, so many people were are, I don't think it's as much of an issue now as it was a couple of years ago, but so many people were so terrified if they found out they had Nido or something to say anything about having it because it was like a you know a, more or less a witch hunt. But it's it's a real thing; it's a real occurrence that happens to people. Like I, there's multiple people that were you know in green trees that that sold everything and sort of restarted because of Nido. Um. And it was all kind of done behind the scenes and you didn't find out about it firsthand. You heard it secondhand from other people. It was fairly gossipy, but it's like it happens. Yeah. You know, you can, you can obviously quarantine and things help mitigate the risk of, of things like that happening, but stuff happens. Things happen. Mistakes are made. Like it is what it is. And I, I think, the fact that you were basically just like here's what happened here's how i'm dealing with it like this is what you can expect if you were in a certain situation or a similar situation i don't and here's what i think that's better than just trying to like (laughs) not tell anybody and keep it hidden while you you know silently and and yeah by yourself put out a massive fire no man i i came out on the podcast and said it i messaged as soon as i got that first positive test i messaged anybody that had gotten snakes from me in the last you know year or two um and told them you know just to watch it test and luckily everybody who 
tested, came back negative, and mm-hmm. it definitely worked out the best <clears throat> that it could, you know. But dude, I was I was so scared of getting like excommunicated yeah. from everybody, you know. But at the same time, it was like, you know, fuck it, you know. I, I know what I'm doing and I know I know how I'm gonna handle this and I'm gonna be very upfront about it and you know I'm gonna come out the other side a better keeper and I did. Well think and I mean that's, that's yeah, that's the that's a huge takeaway too is thing, think man. about everything that you learned and took away from that entire yeah. experience, as shitty as it was. It was very, very shitty. <laughs> like you were you dealt with something that not a lot of people on that scale are gonna have to deal with, if that right. makes sense. So like Yeah. Cause I wasn't a big scale. You know, I, right. I had 30 animals when it happened, you know, maybe a little bit but more. Like that's something you, know? you only really learn by being sort of thrust into it as much as it sucks, as much as you didn't ask for it, as much as you didn't want it to happen. You know, you still you come out better as a result yeah. on the other side of it. And I think that's why talking about our mistakes and talking about, you know, for me, the number of condos that I've managed to kill. Like <laughs> all these things, st- yeah. stupid mistakes where I yeah. lost green trees or something because I just I didn't think and I had a really just stupid lapse in judgment. Right. You know, the stuff getting out of racks or whatever. It turns, as much it shit as everyone likes like to give a- me. It's like, guess what? You know how many people <laughs> I've had ask me, should I trust this gap? No. And if I, I tell I them, like, tell if you, you have no. to ask me, then it is too big. Like, yeah. Get some shins. You know, it turns into a not hey look what i did it turns into a hey don't do this you know like and that's what it's all about to me man that's why anything that i've done i am more than happy to share Mm -hmm. you know and i think you you asked your biggest take my biggest takeaway from the podcast my biggest takeaway is never never stop learning and never get stagnant man mm-hmm. like try to always try to do better and try and listen to everybody that you have on even if whether you've been keeping for two years 10 years 20 years whatever you can always learn something new and you know it, it, the biggest thing is learning from your mistakes and then you know people like us who have been open about their mistakes learn from other people's mistakes so you don't have to learn from your own I want you someone know, you to take full will. advantage yeah. of me telling them, here's what Absolutely. I did and here's how it ended. You don't want to do Here's what that. I did wrong. Don't do this. Please you know? <laughs> take something from that. Yeah. Like, I want you to take something from that. I don't want you to be like, ah, oh, that's not going to happen to me. Or like, yeah. you know, I don't want you to just completely ignore that. Like, for the love of God, it's too late for me. You can still save yourself. Like, I hope to God somebody hears my Nido thing and goes man jake only had 30 snakes and he still got nido maybe i should still quarantine everything properly you know like that's (sighs) you know like because you know for me it's like it was one of those things that like it can happen to anybody Mm -hmm. and um because i had it's just it's real life you only you you know it doesn't matter how many snakes you got whether you got two or 20 or 100 you know it it's a part of the it. The playing and, field is completely even yeah. in that regard. Like it can happen to the yeah. best of us. It can happen to the worst of us. It, you know, it, it is, it just, it's, it's, it's part of it. It's man. real shit. And you gotta, you kind of just gotta roll with the punches. I, I tell you, man, that whole, cause it was like that, that was during 
the Nido thing happened right before my sabbatical. And yeah, the then timing, timing the timing easy. was just horrible. absolutely horrible because then I was dealing with, you know, positive test after positive test on top of not having the podcast, not having an outlet to talk to people. And, you know, I just like it was a really, really low time man. Mm-hmm. like it was a really mm-hmm. rough time. You know, I lost, you know, I think I I had to put down probably 10 animals myself, you know, because they showed signs that's positive and, you know, I, I wasn't going to let them suffer. So, you know, I put down a huge chunk of my collection at the time and I lost so many cornerstone animals and animals that meant so much to me. And then I felt like I lost my podcast at the same time and, you know, my friends and it was just, it sucked, man. It was a really, really low period for me, you know, and, but at the same time, you know, I came out the other side of a better keeper and it changed my collection, you know, like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very, very happy with the collection I'm at now. It kind of, that's know, been probably that's... one of the wildest parts too, is <laughs> the change, just how yeah. much both of our collections have changed from severely from just in the span of six years. I mean, like it, 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 it feels like it's gone by super fast. At the same time, it feels like it's been a really long time. But I think a lot of it is because we've had so much go on between so much then and now, happened. as far as like moves. Yeah, I mean, you, know, you got you got married. Like, I mean, hell, man, you know, like, it's just it's it's wild to look back at at even videos of like my room back then. Yeah, and how I had things set up, um, and just how much things have have changed and morphed over time and sort of yeah. i think it's really cool to have that sort of documented and to be able to go back and be like oh yeah i remember when i had uh you know a million crested geckos and <laughs> that's also one know, thing i remember carpets that i i traded for that first male green tree that i still have yeah you know just wild I still remember, like when I first looked at your page, I was like, "Oh, great! It's just another oh, crested God, gecko another breeder." Crest. Crest. The, the old, literally the only reason I messaged you is because I scrolled down and I saw you had green trees and a brettles, and I was like, "All right, you know, maybe he's cool. Maybe he's cool." Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I was kind of part of the reason that you you switched to solely snakes once we once we really started talking, and I was you know, I think it had a part I, in it. I, I think a lot of it was just like snakes were always sort of my thing, thing and, you know. and yeah. At that point, I had so many crests, and I was pretty burnt out that I was just like, I just want to go back to snakes. Yeah. You know, it was it was just one of those things where it was just yeah. I felt it was time, and it was you know it was time to move. I on. was there, man. When I had when I was in Texas, we had fuck probably i mean not nearly what you had but i think there's a period where we had like 40 geckos mm-hmm. i hated those things not i didn't hate them like i didn't deal with them it was one of those things i was like these are yours i'm doing the snakes like you want geckos it's cool that's on you i enjoyed holding them handling them and stuff but i didn't really fuck with them like that just because yeah. like i was always a snake guy man mm-hmm. like you know i had geckos growing up and stuff and I tried it again with the cave geckos, but I was like, no, it's just, I can't do it. I I can't do it. You know? And it's funny. I, I was texting Kayla and she asked how the podcast was going. And, you know, I told her, I was like, yeah, we're, 
just talking about going going through memory lane a little bit you know uh 200 episodes deep almost six years in she texts me back and goes that's a whole child <laughs> I was like, damn i was like man it kind of is oh. I was like, yeah, it's, this is kind of our, it's kind of our child, man. Like that's, it's crazy, mm-hmm. dude. I mean, dude, think about it. Ellie was what three or four when we started this and she's not ten, even, she's 10 or 11 now, isn't she? Yeah. She would have been about four, four, three. Like that's four, crazy, dude. Four. She would have like just turned four. That's insane. Like yeah. I just, I don't know. I remember telling Katie because uh, we were, you know, we had been dating for, I think, a year or two at that point. I was like, I'm gonna start a podcast. You had only been together a year or two at that point. I think so. Wow. 2015. Yeah. So yeah, about three years then, two and a half going on. But three. I was like, I'm gonna start a podcast. She's like, about what? <laughs> I was like snakes, reptiles, and stuff. She's like, what are you gonna talk about? I Why? Like, I don't know. <laughs> snakes, reptiles, and stuff. <laughs> she still asked me that though. She's still like, how do you guys find? four hours in a week to just talk like how do you because there's sometimes like chris and i'll do a corn stars episode and after the episode's over we'll still be sitting there talking for like an hour <laughs> after we've even stopped yeah and she'll be like how do you guys like you start early like corn stars we start at like seven o'clock but i won't go to bed until like midnight it's infinite man but i'm like it's just like i, I couldn't again that's one of those things where i can't really explain it uh you know she's never had a hobby like that that's like her purpose of being if that makes sense <laughs> no, which yeah i feel no, I like feel this is for me yeah and so it's it's really hard to sort of explain like i don't when people just, don't I could have go on that, about it all the time like it doesn't you know when people don't have that it's hard to grasp you know yeah. like having yeah. you know there's some people that have most people have hobbies some people just don't really have any mm-hmm. hobbies you know like but it's the same thing as in you know when you look at it is, you know, from cars to movies, you know, some people are so all about mm-hmm. cars. That's all they can talk about it's their entire livelihood. Some people are super in the movies. There's people on YouTube and TikTok that do movie reviews for their freaking living, you know, and like, that's just what they do. And yep. it's just infinite, man. It's like when you have that passion, you can, you find it. You know, and just like, as it's hard we, for we them, talk in chats every single right. day for all day all about day. this shit, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's crazy, you know, it, it's hard for, for them to sort of understand from our perspective, the, you know, the whole thing. I think it's also hard for us to understand what it's not like, right. You know, I can't imagine yeah. not having this, yeah, you know, dude. and I wonder sometimes like if I didn't have this, would it be something else? Like, or would I just right. kind of like not really know exactly what, like just didn't really have anything, which I can't wrap my head around. I can't. Yeah. There's been such a part of me in my life for as long as I can remember. I thought about that that the other day of like, would I even still be into reptiles as I am now? If I didn't have the podcast, Mm -hmm. like would I be breeding Would I know how to breed this stuff. Right. Like would I have, you know, just a couple pets. Mm -hmm. Would I have none, you know, like it wasn't for this, you know, this has been, it's honestly been kind of a catch 22. It's been amazing, but good fuck. It made me have like a hundred snakes now, <laughs> it's, you know, turned into the, like this whole thing, but you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for nothing, man. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, I'm very, very, very thankful for the show, this community and uh, everything we've built, you know, and 
was talking to talking to Phil and Daytona and he's like, dude, y'all are kind of the flagship, the flagship show for the network. And I was like, damn, man. Like, yeah, I remember last year at Daytona, man, we had a bunch of people at the, the pavilion. I just remember like stopping and kind of looking around and I just like I went over to Phil and I was like, we did this. You realize this is like because of us. Like <laughs> it's just it, all of a sudden it just like clicked and it was like, oh, my God, like this is. This is, you know, it's a thing. It's I can just, tell you there was no hangout like that at the pavilion the years before they don't know. Yeah, I don't it's just <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Like the fact that even in if it was indirect, you know, we we're able to bring that many people together. Um you know, it, it just it's wild and I think that's that's awesome. I think that that kind of thing is exactly what I what I want herpeticulture to be as a whole and not what it currently is at least online you know people that have similar interests and there's no like competition and there's no uh you know bullshit everyone's there for the same reason everyone's there because they enjoy the same stuff it's just you know you, you everyone yeah. looks at each other as a peer and not necessarily yeah, right someone who's who's against them um right and i you know a big part of i think also part of our success is is also not holding back as far as like the the valleys that that also go with those peaks yeah um you know i know we've talked about burnout a lot even lately for me like i've talked about how overwhelmed i am i think that that kind of stuff uh helps a lot i think a lot of people who are in a, a similar way it, it resonates and i think that gives people sort of a feeling of comfort that's like there's there's other people that are in the same boat and they know exactly what you're dealing with. Yeah. And, uh, and when you do that and you're honest about it, it like, you know, I, even on the, sh even on the show level, real, like man, I didn't know. Honest. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, I didn't know that many people that dealt with you know, the whole night of thing, you know? And, mm -hmm. but when I actually talked about it, people were like, dude, like yeah. I had the same there. thing, you yeah. know? And so it's like, you know, I feel like being honest about your, your successes, but also your failures, you know, it, it kind of validates people almost to like be able to, you know, number one, talk about it. Number two, mm -hmm. to know they're not alone, you know, and the bullshit that we've all dealt with. So it's like, dude, like we're all, we're all in this together, man, you know, and mm -hmm. all we can do is try and lift each other up and be there for one another, man. That's my biggest it, thing. It, you know? and, I firmly believe it it resonates more too when we're we're currently living in an age where where everything is the highlight reel. Yeah. And you're not seeing the you know the repeated nut shots that you're getting uh that everyone at some point is likely to experience themselves yeah. and and not being afraid to to talk about it and be like here's like I fucked up. Yeah. In front of hundreds of people just saying like here's messed up, you know. Yeah. Um I think that's the best thing we could have done overall uh, yeah. on top of just, again, not having any expectations, not going into it. Be like, <laughs> okay, if we don't have a thousand plays within like two months, we just need to give up. Yeah. Like, do you think that's... about statistically though, like the number of podcasts that even make it to like 50 episodes is low, is man. Very, very, very. Low. Yeah. Like the fact that we've made it this far, the fact that we've made it to a hundred is a big deal. Because so many podcasts start 
they don't get the traction. People don't see results immediately. And then they just say, okay, it's not going to work out. And they bail on it. And the fact is, is like everyone started at zero. Yeah. Everyone started with, with very little eyeballs and ears. Yeah. And it's just consistency over time. Um, and again, like keeping it a bullshit free zone. Yeah. Keeping it, keeping it honest and keeping it, just keeping it real and being yourself as cliche as it is. I mean, just like, again, like the fact, I think overall the network is at like 350 something episodes, if not more than that. It's crazy. Like it's wild, man. And it's, it's because of the people that are, you know, listening, whether you're listening to it right now or you're watching it right now, or you're listening to it the next morning or whenever, you know, if it wasn't for for any of you and the people that are here with us on a weekly basis and doing their thing, that are enjoying the show, whether you're anywhere in the world, um, which you know that alone blows my mind. Yeah. That people in Australia have listened to us. You know, people in Europe and like we got some really random ones, like people from like the Netherlands, Lithuania, and shit, and stuff, Romania. Yeah. yeah, we're listening to our show, which is like that's so mind-boggling mm-hmm. to me man like that's insane but i think something else we you know kind of did right on this is we were never none of this is like scripted most of these don't mm-hmm. most of these shows don't even have an outline you know this is all very it's just natural talk just it's it's just it, natural go flow, where it goes shoot from the hip you know and sometimes we have an outline if we have a specific guest we'll come up with just single talking points you mm-hmm. know but none of it's scripted you know it's not it's no bullshit (laughs) it's like my biggest thing is i hate stuff that sounds very you know scripted and all that you know it's yeah i also feel like we kind of this isn't like you know tooting your own horn or anything you know but i also feel like you know us doing this and seeing like well if these fucks can do it so can i you know i feel like we kind of start almost started a wave of a lot of a lot more podcasts you know what I mean? Like it seems. I've like, thought about that. I think a lot of that is is really timing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying, it, oh, it's because of us. You know, blah blah. But I think you know, people hearing us and you know, again, seeing like you know, if, open, if these two, the if these two assholes can do it, you know, because we talked about how easy it was. You know, like yeah. it's really not that hard. We encouraged a lot of people to start their own shows, and you know, NPR obviously had a huge impact on that as well. And really yeah. getting things going with that. You know? I just think I think the timing of of yeah, when we sure. sort of came in was was right as well. And the um, yeah, we were kind of early on the on the yeah block, you know? yeah. But I mean, I mean, I think a lot of shows that pop up are the result of of people seeing other shows and saying, "I can do I can that, do that too." Yeah. Maybe even I can do it better. You know, that's. I hope you do it better. Subjective. Yeah, I mean, please God, I remember. I so. Like, I hope a lot of people come out and do these shows better than we can. You fa- know? Like, like Phelan's podcast was a big part of the reason why I was like, I yeah. like let's start a podcast. And yeah. it wasn't because like there was anything wrong with Phelan's at all, but I was just like, I could do that. Yeah, I can do that. You know, and there was always like species that I wanted to see covered, but not many people were were really keeping or anything like that. So it was like, this is, you know, figure this out. Don't know what we're doing, but we're gonna do it. And it's worked. So no signs of slowing down. 
Yeah, I certainly uh, don't plan on it. Don't so want to. Anything so. you want to that you would do differently moving forward. The only thing I really want to do, for one, we need to get better about lining up guests. Yeah. Um, oh my god, dude, it's been rough here. It's been rough it's been lately, rough man. And Stogies, like the only show that's really been good about keeping it's that lined stars. up is Corn Stars, and that's right. because Chris pretty much handles it. Chris is like, oh, I got somebody. I was like, okay, cool. When do you want to do it? This date? What time? Cool, perfect. I'll be there. Like, Chris handles so much of Corn Stars and how that works. Um, yeah, you know, he's God bless him. Yeah. But yeah, lately it's been it's, it's been, been rough. On yeah, it's been rough. The snakes and Stogies front and here, and it's it's not necessarily from like a lack of trying. Uh, I know Snakes and Stogies. The last couple episodes, we've we've tried to get people lined up. It was a little more short notice, or they they wanted to punt it to a later date, and you know it is what it is. Sometimes it just doesn't doesn't work out, but the show goes on. So, yep. And then um, uh, the only other thing that. You know, that that for me is the big thing is getting guests a little bit better about lining up, you know, but I also think we can do more one on ones. You know, I, I've I've enjoyed the one on ones you and Phil do. You know, I've been listening to you guys mm -hmm. every week. Um, yeah, I always enjoy those. So I think we can be more willing to do one on ones more often. Um, but I say it every year. I really want to do more like video stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I say that every single year, you know, every time we come back to one of these episodes, you know, a, a special episode and what would you change? And, you know, I, I really want to do more video stuff. And I, I did it for like half a second. I, I did like one field herping video mm -hmm. and I really wish I would have kept up with it. But life got super busy. It's just, um, man, video is a different, different beast, man. Yeah. There's so much more work involved with that and more time. Um with this and sort of audio and whatnot and, and the live streams, which they make it easy because they just go straight to, to the platforms and stuff. Right. I don't have to do any uploading separately. Like I do like the recorded episodes, but like, yeah, man doing, cause I had a, a, a little bit there where I was on a tear and I was doing a lot of videos. And then it just over time, I was like, man, I just, it's not that I don't want to do them. Um, it's just it's a matter of, of yeah. time and being able to sit down and edit and do these things and and then finding stuff to to talk about that I I think is interesting enough to warrant a video, you know. For like, me, I'll, what I want to do is just like quicker, simple stuff, something that I can just post on Instagram, you know, like species mm -hmm. highlights. Yeah. You know, quick, you know, little this is what I do for this, not a care video, but like this is how I do it and this mm -hmm. is what works for me. You know, and then just like a species highlight, you know, like the Deckert's rats, you know, or Deckert's. Um, yeah, those are such a, that's a species, as a, not a species, a type of rat snake that not a lot of people know about. And I really just want to do a video, be like, look at these Deckert's, you know, they're really cool, really unique. This is why mm -hmm. I like them. This is how I have them set up and do that for those. Jani, you know, everything, yeah. man. Well, I think like species like that in stuff. particular that aren't getting as much attention. And there is definitely a, a subculture of people that are interested in those species, but maybe there's not a ton of information out there about them. Yeah. You know, the Jansen and I are a prime example. Um, yeah. I actually probably should revisit a video on those as far as like what's changed. Cause I did a video not long after I got them, which was like two years ago at this point. Um, doing a new video on those as far as like, here's what I'm doing now compared to what I was doing then. And then something on like persinum, like there's not a lot of information out no, there on persinum yeah. or how to do those. So like when we're talking about species like that, that are not commonly kept, I feel that it is, it is 
almost like a responsibility on my part to get information out there for those Absolutely. people that that might be looking for it and may not be easy to find. Uh, and then having like making sure people know that there's an open door where it's like, if you have any questions, like you can message me, you can leave comments. Like I will not tell you to, to piss off. Like I'm going to help you because I know how frustrating it is to have a species where there is very little information on how to keep them successfully and, and keep them alive for that matter. Um, so I, I do feel that there's a certain level of like duty on my part to put that information yeah. out there. And the magazine I think was a really good outlet for that as well. Uh, cause then we could get those people outside of myself that were, you know, like Rob Stone that has dealt with all the Ghani Soma and stuff and is a wealth of knowledge and it's non-invasive from the perspective of like, he doesn't have to clear up his schedule to come on a show and talk about it. He can write about it in his own time. We can put it in whichever issue right. it happens to land on. Um, all that stuff, like that is the, the sort of the, the, the point of the magazine overall was like, let's get more obscure stuff out there. Right. that people probably or may not know about um, because that kind of stuff is important. You know, like the article on breeding cyania, you know, there's like, yeah, there's some information out there, but there wasn't really a lot of like in-depth information. Um, breeding the Jance and I, for example, for me, like not having, only having Freight Freitas's articles on ganyasoma.org to really reference any in-depth information in terms of like incubation time, temperatures how the egg box should be set up like there's really nowhere else that that information exists so i'm having to go off someone else's blueprint right. in a completely different state completely different uh environment more or less because he was up north i believe when he was breeding at the time like for me to figure this stuff out to the point to where i get eggs i incubate them like yeah it didn't hatch and it, it didn't end well i have more information now than i did last year yeah, because last year I just got to the point of getting eggs, even though they weren't good. Like those stepping stones, like documenting as much of that information as possible, putting it out there for people so that when they too are trying to breed Jance and I, that information is there. And then having groups like you know the the U.S. Ganyasoma Alliance, which is still there, there's still like a hundred, there's like a hundred people in there. It's not a ton, but I don't expect there to be a lot of people in that group because there's not a lot of people that are really committed to working with that genus in the first place, but to have one singular hub that people can join and go to and ask questions and you're not going to get like inundated with bullshit. No one's going to like roast you. Like it's all people that are there for the same reason. Like none of us know a whole lot about any of these snakes that we're keeping. So it's like, if we can collectively piece together information through these groups right. overall, like the, the rising, you know, a, a rising tide lifts all ships kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I think coupled all of that together with the network and everything else outside of it, I think that's the aim is to, to help people get better at keeping and understanding what we're, what we're working with us as well. You know, we're not exempt from that at all. Like half the reason we have people on is <laughs> to, to learn from them, to learn from them. <laughs> and it's, it's a self-serving, you know, full disclosure, it's completely selfish. You know, if I want to have, um, who's a good example? Matt Most. Like, if I'm having Matt Most, it's because I have questions for Matt that I think would be valuable to other people listening. You know, I think he would have information that people would find interesting that they want to listen to. Like, my goal for the longest time with the podcast, and I mean, lately it's been a little slack, but like, is every episode I want there to be something 
to be taken away. Like I want someone to take yeah. something from the episode. And I mean, the other part of that is also I wanted it to be sort of just a break from from day to day life and it just be entertainment more or less. But nine times out of ten, I I genuinely want there to be nuggets of wisdom in the episodes we're bringing to the table. So yeah, I hope we've hit that goal. You know, I know there's been handful of episodes across the shows over the over the years that were that were definitely duds <laughs> more or less yeah um, that's uh, you know, some that's sure. they can't all be zingers some are going to be better than others um but damn it we tried and damn it we're going to keep doing it so yeah well with that we are approaching the two and a half hour mark so with that um i just you know i just want to thank everybody for the years and years of support you know it's just it's been a journey and uh wouldn't change any of it so thank you all for tuning in every week you know and jumping on these jumping on these uh live streams and that's another thing i want to do more on thp is more live streams more lives i I do i do enjoy the live i like the i like the banter in the you were kind of weirded out by him for a while at first uh it was uncomfortable but now i actually have grown to enjoy it a lot more once you get into the groove yeah you know the flow of things yeah i really like the i I really like the comments which is something else i actually thought was interesting about you and i starting it is like we we the cadence and sort of the flow of of conversation was very like natural like it was never like an awkward thing it was always just like go with the i don't know like you start like i equated to like bands like when bands first get together it's kind of awkward because no one like you haven't quite figured out the nuances of how someone likes to play Nobody certain knows things what to do like with their hands. yeah <laughs> and then over time like you can almost know what the what the other person is going to do and right. when they're going to do it and be able to match them and not even you know be completely playing off the cuff yeah. and so it's like we just naturally just kind of yeah. hit the ground running and fell into that that yeah. groove and i think that's it was even crazier that that happened because you and I had pretty much just met at that point, you know, (laughs) we had known each other all of a couple months when we started the podcast. It was Mm kind of wild, but yeah, 200 deep and Harry, just like Harry said, here's the 200 more, man. That's right. That's a plan on keeping it going a long time, but thank you all. Thank you all of our listeners. Thank you to our sponsors, blackboxcages.com and uh, Steve Snake Sanctuary. Steve's without, been with us for a very long time. Yeah, I was mentioning Box that is, before you, you yeah. got here too. Like Steve's been around damn near since the beginning. So. Yeah, Black Box has been here several years now as well, or a couple years now, and uh, you know, wouldn't change any of it, man. So thank you guys. Thank you our sponsors, and thank you everybody. Here's to mm-hmm. do another 200. Yeah, and when people message me and I say I appreciate the support, you <laughs> know, really I mean absolutely <laughs> mean that. Like the fact that really someone messages good, yeah. me and goes out of their way to say, like, I, I listen to the show, I enjoy it. You know, they Thank have questions or something do. about Bairds or whatever. Like anything like that still just gets me a little giddy because yeah, I just dude, think it's so cool time, that there's man. people that are that are willing to stop and take the one sort of currency that you never get anything back from, which is time. Yeah. And that they're willing to give you that, even if it's very brief, like even if it's a two second message on, and, on Instagram and saying thanks. Like, I appreciate that more than anybody could could really know. Like, that's it means thing, so man, much to me like, that people are willing to do that. People just like people in this chat just gave us two and a half hours of their night. 
Mm-hmm. to sit here and listen to us you know like that just like that means so much could have been time. anywhere else in the world <laughs> yeah you know like that it really, does not really go unnoticed and like i said when i tell someone i appreciate their support or i appreciate the listener i appreciate the listenership i it's i mean that wholeheartedly like it wholeheartedly it, i know i speak for myself and i speak for phil and, and the rest of the guys like yeah it, it means so much we appreciate man. every single listen man that's uh really means means a ton you know so, but speaking of Black Box and Steve Snakeshuary, this episode was brought to you by both. Use the code THN at checkout on Black Box. Get a rack, get a cage, get both. You like both? both. Get both. Definitely get Some both. stuff works better for others. You know, hey, yeah. whatever, whatever, whatever floats your boat. That's right. Uh, Steve Snakeshuary, Steve Snakeshuary's Venom Sauce. Get the whole set, collect them all, and get one or two bottles. Cottonmouth Sauce, that's the one we always recommend because that's the one we like the most. Uh, grab you some help Steve out. He's doing a lot of good stuff. And if you're getting that hot sauce, you're directly helping Steve with all of the Asians he's doing relocations, yeah. educations, uh, rehabilitations, <laughs> all that stuff. So help him out, get something cool. Again, even if you're not a hot sauce person, it's a cool little, just collectible thing to keep, yeah. you know, on your desk, it's de- decor or something, you know, everybody likes reptile remember. That's right. So, and then uh, Full Vis Apparel, also use the code THN to check out THN listeners and viewers like you. Get that code exclusively here when you listen to this or watch this. doesn't get posted anywhere else. Uh, 15% off your order. And uh, we ship internationally now, and that code should be good. I actually need to double-check that now that I think about it. If you're listening internationally, I'm going to double-check that the THN code works for you as well. And... Uh, new shirts and stuff to come here within the next couple days because i'm sending some to chris and i want to have them on the website before chris gets them and posts them because then i'm gonna have a bunch of people message me saying (laughs) i want one where do i get it and i'm like i don't have it up yet and it takes time to actually get all the mock-up pictures together and uploaded and how i want them so that's going to happen be on the lookout uh follow it full apparel on facebook and instagram help your boy out We will see everybody Monday for Snakes and Stogies, episode 170-something. Yeah. Don't know if we've got anybody lined up again. I'm working on it for next week for us. So we'll see. Okay. Trying. Cool. Word. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Bye.